like scary movies. Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. <coughs> ah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's all right. I knew, like, I should have just done it right before we started, but, like, it's suddenly... No, no, me. yeah. It's oh, fine. shit, I gotta clear my throat. <laughs> <clears throat> I will do the same. Okay. It's <laughs> 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 your favorite scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how Ghostface sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like Batman. But the joke <laughs> with the new Scream is that he's, like, he's a broke Gen Zer, so he can't even afford the voice-changing tech. That would be interesting. And, and it's like how kids mock other kids on Fortnite for not being able to afford all the different dances. Well, then wouldn't he have to be a rich guy with like a, a much more advanced voice changer thing? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Get some class in there. Hello, some, everyone. There's no class host. in these films. There's 100% class. In this. like fucking Sydney lives in like a mansion <laughs> in the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. and it's definitely and it's not like hiding that it's not like a movie where you're like when you'll you'll watch something i'm trying to think like sometimes i'll watch movies oh like home alone when i rewatch it and i'm like it's kind of understated how fucking rich this family probably is <laughs> like yeah and how it would be a terrible idea to remake that film now and hmm. not provide any further commentary on that yeah then they, they just did a new one they just right? did it yeah no, that was, yeah. That was my joke okay but like i like who, who cares also like no no i mean i'm not like i'm not going to like the bat for uh like the sanctity of that friend i don't care about those movies i'm just saying like it would be ridiculous if they tried that and they did those terrible like algorithm recommended video essays i see on uh on fucking um youtube was recommending like was like i would kept getting recommended a video for home sweet home alone that was like a franchise ruined <laughs> And I was Isn't like, it like the sixth Home Alone yeah, movie like, canonically? Dude, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know Home Alone 3 is about like someone smuggling fucking like a North Korean microchip out of like Hong Kong? What? Yes. No, that's not real. All right, let me let me check real quick because I have it. All right. Plot in Hong Kong, internationally wanted criminal, Peter, whatever is instructed by a high-ranking executive of a North Korean terrorist organization to retrieve a $10 million missile-cloaking microchip. They hide the microchip in, like, a toy car, like an RC car, and then that the toy car ends up going to the kid who ends up being the target of Home Alone 3. Huh. Well. Scarlett Johansson's in that movie. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> hi everyone. We're here to talk about Scream 4, Wes Craven's final film. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. Oh, it's it is not Wes Craven's final film. What? Didn't he do uh, My Soul to Take after this? No, My Soul to Take was before this. Oh shit. Are you serious? My Soul to Take was t- 2010. Scream 4 is 2011. Oh shit. All right. I, I for some reason I I was like Man, this would have been a good film to go out on. <laughs> but instead he did My Soul to Take after. <laughs> oh no uh that's my co-host macaringo so we are on the record for not liking my soul to take now we are both on the record for liking scream four i yeah. guess and um yeah yeah sorry to fucking you should have watched scream four and then you should have realized it was good <laughs> yeah um 
I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna start big here because I actually this is the only one I've seen in theaters, obviously, because I missed the first three in theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm a little young for that. Um, or maybe not too young, just I just didn't watch horror movies like that back then. Uh, I, I think this is basically a masterpiece. I just I I think it's easily the best of the Scream sequels. I think it's one of the best horror movies ever made, and like insanely rewatchable. I think it's tons of fun, and uh, I I fucking love Scream Four. I, I I'm not going to hide any of that. Yeah, I also fucking love Scream Four. It is also I think the best of the sequels. Um, I'm not sure if I would be like also one of the great horror films of all time but like it's definitely close and i feel like on rewatch it might get there for me like i i i'll say this rewatching it for the show i have not seen it since i saw it in theaters in uh, 2011 so that was like the last time i saw this movie and i remembered liking it then it, it wasn't like i watched it and went like man fuck that shit i remember liking it and enjoying it so i went into this remembering I remembered like the big twist, but didn't remember a lot of the little details. And the little details are kind of what make this movie really fucking great. Yeah, um, like that's the that's one of the things that uh, kind of worried me rewatching it like a couple of years ago. I was like, fuck, maybe maybe it's not the best of the sequels because like in in theaters, it's fucking killed. Yeah, uh, for my audience, not at the box office. Yeah, it had a <laughs> um, weird like mixed reception, and then like no one really saw it. <laughs> yeah. I saw it opening night with friends. Uh, this is like right when I was really getting into like, like uh, midnight launches and shit mm-hmm. and theater fucking opening night. That was, oh, fucking, that was beautiful. Beautiful time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of us got together to watch Scream 4 because one of my friends was like obsessed with Scream, rightfully so. And it, it just, oh, it was so much fucking fun. The audience, the gasps, the laughs, like it was the ideal version of a horror movie showing. Mm-hmm. and then years later i was like fuck maybe you know maybe it's not gonna hold up it did actually so fuck off everyone um some people just, don't like this movie and those are cowards yeah um i'm I was looking at what else what other horror movies came out that year that were also like there's like you know there are there's like horror is probably like the most consistent genre which which with turning out at least like five really good horror movies a year you know yeah or at the very least box office hits you know yeah yeah um but in terms of like the ones that were seen by a wide public it's like this is the same year as cabin in the woods um which i no, like that movie Ca- cabin in the woods came out the following year oh yeah cabin that, that was that fucking yeah. delayed thing like uh, a letterbox yeah, got, yeah letterbox has it listed as 2011 fix that shit letterbox letterbox does that shit it's like oh it got limited release like at, at like certain uh festivals yeah. so that counts and it's like no it doesn't don't fucking do that well then this year it's a. Uh, I'm assuming these are correct. Uh, Final Destination 5. I believe so, actually, um, yeah. Which I think is the one with the really uh, interesting ending. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Hell I won't yeah. Say, won't say anything. The Thing remake, which bombed. Oh, boy. Um, the Fright Night remake, which I don't remember if it bombed or not. Um, the, Fright Night, the Fright Night remake bomb? I don't think so. Let me check. I think it actually uh, it, bo- it kind of bombed. It, it oh, forty one okay. million on a thirty million dollar budget. So like, it oh made yeah, some budget money, but not like a ton. Um, so this is like we're right at like peak remake burnout. It feels like mm-hmm. uh, Paranormal Activity three, which was a big hit. Um, and oh god, remember? Uh, do you remember Silent House? That might have no. actually released the next year, but that was one of those like early like. It's all in one take movies. 
Really? Yeah, I have and not, it's heard of this. It's really bad. Okay. It's, it's like pretty bad. It's but like it was one of those where like Elizabeth Olsen was kind of building her cred. Like she's in it and she's good in it, but the movie is terrible. Oh, okay. Hey, she's a really good actress. She is. It's a shame like, that like her last that? five credits are all uh fucking Scarlet Witch. I, I, like, know. I know it's it's genuinely a bummer because she is fucking great in like Martha Marcy May Marlene, you know, mm-hmm. which is one of the most underrated movies. <laughs> like I feel like no <laughs> one talks about that anymore. Um that's one of those weird ones. You know, like how everyone will watch uh, The Master and everyone's like, did you know The Master's about Scientology? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no shit, dude. And then like you can find like 20 video essays that are like, here is how The Master is actually a criticism of Scientology. And I think The Master is dealing with a lot more than that. And mm-hmm. it just kind of used Scientology as a springboard. But Martha Marcy Marlene is actually one of the best explorations of like what it's like being in a cult. Mm-hmm. Like more people should watch that movie. Uh, I don't know. Before recording, I was mentioning that you would like The Empty Man. You'll Mm -hmm. like The Empty Man. Yeah, everyone told me I would like it. I just haven't. I just haven't bothered to see it. I'm also looking at what was the year previously um, in horror, and it's like Insidious, which I think Insidious was like kind of the first, like, um, like Canary in the Coal Mine movie that led to like the James Wan horror renaissance a little bit, like. Yeah, because he had Saw, he had Dead Silence, uh, Death Sentence, which is like an exploitation classic. Death Sentence fucking rules. That movie yeah. rules. I don't know why it is not talked about more. I don't like, know. I'm not like the biggest James Wan fan, but I love Death Sentence. Yeah. Um, and uh, fuck, what else comes out? 2010. Oh, the final Saw film. The original final Saw film. Okay, so like the third <laughs> final Saw <laughs> film or whatever. Uh, like. The seventh saw yeah. film um fucking wow. crazy yeah and that the saw stuff was like they do directly reference torture porn movies in this yeah um yeah. Oh, oh the exorcism oh. of emily oh the last exorcism that's a pretty solid movie honestly I, I like that one you know what else came out in 2010 uh my soul to take <laughs> yes unfortunately but uh the remake of west craven's nightmare on elm street oh yeah all right yeah Um, the one no one likes no one likes and no one has seen apparently because i'm looking at the way i have the movies like ordered on letterbox it's by popularity which means like who's watched it and it looks like no one has fucking watched that movie yeah i mean there's like a great oh no there it is all right i'm i'm very wrong it's actually fifth the poster is just so unmemorable you wouldn't know it was nightmare on elm street by looking at it so apparently a lot of idiots have seen the new the, the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. More people have seen that apparently than uh, Paranormal Activity 2, than oh. Troll Hunter. No. Than, um, the Crazies remake, which is actually like a pretty okay remake. I like that remake, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Piranha 3D. John Carpenter's fucking last movie, The Ward. Oh. And Stakeland, a really underrated movie. Yeah, I like Stakeland. Stakeland's really good. Um, yeah, so, you know, horror went through, like, a weird, weird period in the 2000s. Yeah, um, where I feel like blockbusters really found this nice, like, marriage of practical and digital, like, artistry in the 2000s. Like, a lot of those effects are going to hold up, and a lot of the effects in the 2010s are not, which mm-hmm. is very strange, because the, the way people make movies is very different now, unfortunately. Um, and horror didn't 
like really find its footing again until the 2010s i'd argue not that there wasn't yeah. good shit in there like we're talking about but i, I think it kind of had to undergo a rebirth yeah so to speak well it had to go through like everyone like like you know torture porn gets big and everyone like it is like i guess this is the future <laughs> like yeah. there was no there wasn't like any real like celebration of those movies as a genre. like every article about that was like i guess this is what horror is now <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> and even those like there isn't like a reverence for those um like some people kind of stick by the saw films yeah the, they the are- saw films are like like whether or not they were intentional they're very fun watches now yeah. you know because it's like oh man remember this shit it's well, in a weird way in theaters like they're, they're like everyone's like they're torture from but they're also kind of a throwback to like classic slasher franchises you know mm-hmm. like they're it, i mean it, they're straight up exploitation films yeah it's but it's also like we we don't like what other horror franchise like got above number like four like it's like saw and like paranormal activity mm-hmm. like of the of the recent stuff like even hostile like hostile it's like hostile too and then it's fucking done you know yeah like there isn't much more even human centipede is like three and done <laughs> yeah oh thank fucking christ yeah remember when that was also a thing yeah um, yeah and, and i was looking at the most popular i mean letterbox kind of fucks this up because like now everyone has seen jennifer's body <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like jennifer's body is listed as one of the pop, most popular horror films of the 2000s and it's like yeah but that's more like recently <laughs> yeah it's definitely a delayed reaction to that yeah. one yeah um I'm trying to see like it's weird it is when you look back and you're like wow well, i forgot that even existed mm-hmm. you know which uh, is again like whenever you're looking at like movies that are coming out and you're like this fucking dog shit's occupying a theaters the chances are it's not going to be remembered by a lot yeah. of people you gotta you gotta keep that in mind well that's why nostalgia is a fucking hell of a drug like because you only remember the good stuff really like like mm-hmm. all the goods like all the bad stuff fades away all the good stuff rises to the surface you know that's just kind of what happens and so people be like man they're not making movies like they did in fucking the year 2000 and it's like, A, everyone's always making good movies somewhere, <laughs> like mm-hmm. no matter what you do, except maybe right now because of the pandemic, like that might be the one uh, <laughs> example of it not being true. But uh, a lot of the great stuff, like it's the thing of like so much, so many great horror movies like weren't really watched in their time and then later got found, you know? Yeah. And, and they just managed to stick around. Um so and I think Scream Four might be developing that reputation a little bit. Um, it, it feels like again, it was like I remember coming out and people kind of being baffled by it, and people being like, "They're like, I guess it's a Scream sequel, but it's like it didn't really do anything new with it," which like like hard disagree, but yeah, incredibly hard disagree. It gets. I mean, let's just get into it. It gets ahead of the curb on the that's that well, sequels. I think the thing is that it is like. I don't want to stay like way ahead, but it's like a step or two ahead of where movies were going. And also let's, let's note like the accelerated timeline of not just history, but pop culture. Now mm-hmm. stream four feels almost ancient five, like four years after this is the release of the force awakens. If scream four came out a month after the force awakens, people are like, Oh, it's scream awakens. Yes. It's that fucking close. You know? It is. It is very, um, it is, it's, is the anti-Force Awakens almost. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, spoilers for Scream 4, but like all the characters that they set up is like, this is the new Randy. This is the new, uh, uh, the so and so, like every new version of the character they set up. I, I, can't, I could list all of them, but every new version of the character they set up is either dead or dead. <laughs> they're all yeah. dead. Well, they're all, they're, they all, ultimately end up being subversions of characters that they were in the original, you know, where it's like, they're all the same archetypes, but I don't know what it is. Fucking, I, maybe I'm undervaluing Kevin Williamson as a writer, like, cause I kind of only have like the, like, so of all the movies he's written, I've watched none of his shows. He's, he's written three screen films. The three I like, <laughs> I know you did last summer, which is a bad movie. The faculty, which I really like, Cursed, which isn't good, and the teaching Miss Tingle, which I've never seen, <laughs> which is the famous uh, like movie that got pulled because of Columbine. Like, okay, um, so there is a little bit of backstory on this. There was a lot of uncredited rewriting. On okay, this film. Uh, screenwriter Aaron Kruger from Scream Three came back to do some some production rewrites. Okay, so he doesn't deserve the credit. Uh, <laughs> not not that Kevin Williams. I'm just doesn't. fucking with. It. I'm just fucking okay. with. It. Poor Aaron Kruger. Go watch The Ring, everyone. Yeah. Um, and then uh, some additional rewrites by uh, Paul Harris Boardman. Do you know who that is? No. I, the name sounds familiar, but... Well, he's, uh, he's primarily a producer now, and I believe we have a, uh, a mutual friend, so I gotta, I gotta call him up and be like, hey, how's, how's Paul Harris Boardman doing? Got any <laughs> job openings? Um, he would go on to, to do work for stuff like the Poltergeist remake, which no one remembers, unfortunately. Yeah uh deliver us from evil your favorite film oh god oh no and a, a bunch of other stuff that will just never be listed because hollywood is like that but um and i believe he he his rewrites are like a lot of the, the stuff that we're gonna be drawn to okay in this film um so it, it, it's like a bunch of cooks in the kitchen that happen to work together properly i think i'm gonna say this because i also remember there were a lot of stories about Wes really clashing with the Weinsteins on this one. I remember that when this movie came out and then like didn't do very well, there was like one of those like kind of stories that came out being like behind the scenes of Scream. And it was a lot about how Wes Craven had a problem working with the Weinstein company. I would believe that still. And so I wonder (laughs) if like that is what led to a lot of the, the cooks in the kitchen situation. But I think then if, you know, I'm not trying to be like, there should be one hero of the story. Cause like, that's not true, especially with film. But if mm-hmm. there's a guy steering the ship, at least, it might be Wes Craven. Yeah. Wes might yeah. be the one who's like, you give me these guys, I know what parts of them to use. And you know what? That comes down to the fucking casting as well, because there are some people in this movie who I would argue are not known for their acting ability who turn in great performances. Interesting. So, <laughs> um, and... Uh, it's it's one i would say it's more one very specific person but we will get to that okay um, and i don't know who you're gonna say so this is interesting okay. yeah we'll get to it'll it'll probably come up at a certain point but like what i was what i was building towards is that it feels like the natural evolution of a lot of the characters from scream where it's like it's kind of like you know like how nerd culture was like kind of on the rise in the 2010s you know yeah and then it turned out that it was really bad but uh <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, it's that weird thing of like a guy who would have been uncool in the nineties is now cool. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and we're yeah. not there yet. It's like nowadays 
um it's that thing of like you hear about um you talk to some people who are like into anime which is something i've been doing lately which is maybe a bad thing <laughs> but <laughs> um they talk about like man like when i was in high school like liking anime was like really embarrassing and you had to hide it and now it's like kids you're like the cool kid if you have seen all the anime you know like, yeah yeah and it's like that's a really big shift and it feels like scream accurately predicted it and was a step or two ahead of the culture in pointing out some of the flaws of that and again it, it's also it feels like a knife in the uh the reception of the original scream films like the weird it almost feels like not to bring up the guy again but it, like it kind of does feel like a knife at, at like joss whedon style writing a little bit like yeah no, I, I, just, I think it's it's suitable to bring him up here because like we've talked about the screen franchise like his style like his prose is very similar to the williamson style prose mm-hmm. you know where like characters like there's witticisms yeah and i i not to defend a horrible monster man i think his writing did not get credit for like at least suiting characters they weren't always just like here's a fucking joke yeah i think people that rip him off got that they're like here's a here's a moment of levity but also like late era whedon he also just started doing it himself a little bit i mean that's that's definitely true it's not like he's I mean, he's very clearly not innocent, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, uh, at, at his, uh, at the stuff that, that sticks around. Also, um, there's a fundamental thing I have. I, I have a problem with Whedon a little bit where like, I feel like he, he thinks his characters are a lot cooler than they are. If that makes sense, you know, like it, it doesn't, sometimes I think the best written, you can do the weenest thing, but also you have to kind of recognize that your characters are losers and i think sometimes whedon doesn't have a grasp on that as well Um, i i think i would agree sometimes yes sometimes no but like i i I would agree about certain characters like i think the xander character from buffy yeah but like if there is the loser character it's usually like really underlined and obvious sometimes Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I think Whedon likes the like. You think this guy is a loser, but actually, he's the smartest of the group, um, which I'm not a giant fan of. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, yeah, and, and, it, it it it's crazy. This movie's nuts. Like, yeah, it, it's, it is. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I have so much. I don't even know where to begin. I guess so. We should start at the beginning. Um, which is- great opening. I had completely forgotten the movie opened like this. Okay, I, I, this was very funny to watch. I, I, re- I remember very fondly, this was fun to watch the crowd. Because it yeah. was just like, what the fuck is this movie going to be? We're like five minutes in on the third opening of the film now. Is yeah. this the real one? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I have Scream 4 open on my laptop right now. I think it's even longer than five minutes. I think it's, it's pretty like, long. It's pretty long. <laughs> yeah. You know what? No, no. It's like about five minutes fucking like 40 seconds is finally the opening yeah, but that is all that's long for an opening like no no, no absolutely and it's like is this gonna work <laughs> like look like that was my reaction to re-watching it after all those years i was like is this gonna work is this like just too goofy and no i think it totally works you know what? also i want to say this one thing that really helped re-watching it is being removed from the hype for scream 4 i think the trailers didn't do this movie a lot of uh, good service like i remember the trailer spoiling a lot of the good scares in the movie 
And I remember a lot of the trailers like showed off, like, here's our impressive cast. And then you show up and then it's like, half the people you showed in the trailer aren't even really in the movie. <laughs> like, they're in the <laughs> fake movies at the start of the movie. Like, <laughs> which is like wild to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that is crazy. <laughs> and it's, I, I just like it though, as like, that in the universe of Scream, the Stab franchise has gone on for so long that even that has gotten meta. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's really I, funny. <laughs> they reference like, oh yeah, the fifth one has time travel because yeah. they um, they couldn't start using more elements of Sydney's life because she was yeah, in the Sue. It's the worst one, by the way. Yeah. Everyone agrees. Like, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, Hollywood executives, that's actually a very pointed line. Fucking stop it with time travel. <laughs> really. <laughs> um that is my big fear i want to say this, this is i'm sorry to do the thing we do all the time but my big fear with star wars is that they will start doing time travel like mm-hmm. that is my biggest fear and like they've danced around a little bit on the shows so yeah. like, i really don't want that to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. please do not do time travel <laughs> i am in agreement with you that, that'll be the moment where I think I will, like, officially be out. <laughs> like, <laughs> unless it's, like, the most brilliant use of time travel ever. Yeah. But Because to be fair, the one time they have used it, they're, like, I, I believe they also, like, cut off the way to return to it. But I yeah. guess introducing it just means it's on the table now, which is, like, scary. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, some fucking hack writer is that's going to come in, like, at Star Wars 27 or whatever. Going to be like, hey, let's use this. <laughs> Mm, so fucking that, hacks. That's that's the fear. That's my biggest fear with Star Wars. Scream is not does not have time travel. Also, I want to say like the, the it is the, the let's talk about because like the opening is stab seven, but it's actually but they're watching stab six in stab seven. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And I gotta say, like I love it because the first version we see is like a cynically written dumb teenagers that's that's the first stab and then the next stab is cynically written smart like adults like mm-hmm. i think it's supposed to be adults playing teenagers i think that's part of the gag where it's like hannah paquin and shit like that like yeah anna paquin kristen bell yeah but like i i don't know like we don't hang out with stab seven long enough mm-hmm. to get that and like that's like a really it feels like an attack at like the two directions hack writers could have taken the scream sequels, you know? Yeah. Like where it's like, all right, it's just going to come a generic slasher franchise. The same shit's going to keep happening or it's going to think it's like so cool and smart. And they're going to be like, now shut up during the movie, which is like such a like lame line, but <laughs> like it works here because it's like, it's intentionally really lame. Yeah. Um, and it uh, almost feels like maybe that like someone, one of the rewriters came in and was like, pitched that as an actual line. And then Wes is like, nah, let's move that to the start. <laughs> like, um, fuck, you know what? Like, here's the other thing. You know what's even crazier about watching this movie now? Hmm. It's very similar to another fourth film that just dropped. <laughs> oh, fuck, you're yeah, right. Like, oh my God. I yeah. couldn't like, not think about that. And it was like, wow, like two movies a decade apart. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, oh the my fourth god, entries right. in both their franchises. 
and we did them back to back and this was completely unintentional yeah like I, told <laughs> you, I, I didn't remember the movie went this deep with it you know yeah like, um this isn't as crazy as anything you just said but i need to point this out it's, it fucking killed me when i saw it lucy hale in the fake opening for stab six that's the <laughs> brunette and the yellow they're playing a game of truth or dare to open the door right mm-hmm. in 2019 i believe lucy hale would go on to star in the blumhouse production of the remake reboot version of truth or dare oh, jesus christ i totally forgot that wow yeah that is not like any like like that that is pure coincidence but that does give this movie another like ethereal quality into yeah. like its meta-ness. Like someone, holy fuck. Is Truth or Dare good? I remember someone defending that movie. I I, I, I don't know. I think someone found like campy value in it. And mm-hmm. more power to them. I, I I'll probably watch it at some point eventually because sometimes those are fun to watch, but mm-hmm. I have no interest right now. That's all. I don't know if it's any good. Uh but yeah, that fucking blew my mind. Yeah, like, that, is kind of that is kind of nuts. That is kind of nuts. It is. It was nuts watching this, being like, "This feels like it could come out fucking tomorrow." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. we have Scream Five on the horizon. Like now, I just feel bad for Scream Five. Like, I know because like this is part of the reason why like I didn't want one, and like I'm still looking forward to it. We I don't know if we're gonna cover it right now. Cause yeah, yeah, COVID. the pandemic's like kind of fucked up our uh, schedule a little bit. Yeah, so. uh, boo-hoo, boohoo, right? Like yeah. our, us, the protagonists of life. But um, like, yeah, it's the only thing it's fucked do? up. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah, but my my big question was always like, what do you even do now? Yeah, like you can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like it's either gonna be like the three versions of it. It's like it's just gonna be like generic slasher movie with scream elements, which like fine i'm sure i will end up at least liking that right mm-hmm. like it'll be fine but it won't be like a great movie it'll just be scream 4 again is the other option and then it's like well i just watched scream 4 <laughs> mm-hmm. and that'll probably annoy me more than if it's just a generic slasher movie and then the other more unlikely is that it's like 20 years ahead of its time which in that case it's not going to do well yeah <laughs> so... the one thing that that always makes me concerned now is when I see the early reviews. Well, the early reviews are always just like the easy lays for critics yeah. from people I even like admire and like. That they, that's not nothing against them. It's just it's what happens. It's fine. Um, don't take it personally. But whenever I hear like, oh, it it pays like a tribute to the legacy of the franchise. That's always a shit. Yeah, where that's I'm a like, big red okay, flag. Wait, at this point. wait. What do you mean by that? What Which do you is, mean by that? Someone says that in this movie. Someone says like paraphrase like that line of like staying true to the legacy mm-hmm. which is this is 2011 <laughs> it's just it's nuts it's it's shocking this is it, a shocking it, film <laughs> it is it is kind of and again like i like i said i liked it when i when it came out like i'm of course like this is like my last year of high school so it's like there's that i remember liking i remember just like really enjoying the fact that it was like hey we're getting a slasher film on the big screen again which it felt like we just weren't going to get those anymore and the ones that we did get were like those remakes which all seemed embarrassed to be slasher films Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah like Like people talk about like oh the a24 prestige whatever no 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 you fucking people don't you forget just like 15 years ago, we were getting the serious version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. which was already a serious movie in its own right. Just mm-hmm. like not 
that way. It was not serious Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, again, like fan culture is like bad where it was like now every day, like someone has to go on and be like, I'm staying true to the legacy of the franchise and all that stuff. Like that sucks. But it is weird that like specifically horror, it felt like all the horror movies were given to people who clearly kind of didn't like the movies they were remaking. Like, yeah, like, you know, like my one of my guilty pleasures, I love me some Michael Bay. He is like single-handedly responsible oh, yeah, for Platinum rebooting Dunes, some man. of the, yeah, for the, like, Dunes. the remakes of some of the best horror movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And Friday the 13th. <laughs> Well, that, that Friday the 13th remake is kind of just another Friday. I remember not liking that movie, though. I, I like that one. I, I'm talking shit, but Friday the 13th is like the one slasher franchise. You could do like Friday the 27th and it'd be like, yeah, yeah whatever. Like, you could do anything with those. That's why the it feels like we've barely scratched the surface of potential. And mm-hmm. usually I wouldn't give franchises like that, like a pass. But because it's before my time and it's just like part of culture now, like, sure, whatever. Do whatever with those. I don't care. I that one you could do time travel with. Didn't like, didn't like, uh, like the rights are all fucked up for Friday the Thirteenth right now, right? Yeah, like, it'll be a while before we get another one. It's yeah, because that's because this is the thing. Like, we got Scream Five on the horizon, and there's a few other things like in the work, and all of that is because Halloween 2018 like made fucking all the money in the world. Like, yeah, it's it's the reason. And now Scream Five is gonna bomb. Like, not even its own fault. It's just a bad time to release a movie like that, and. It's like, it feels like Friday the 13th is like kind of the perfect one to do in part of this wave, you know? Yeah, yeah. You could totally like just do a movie where like Jason kills like a hundred people. Like, (laughs) just do that movie and people will fucking go apeshit for it. uh, Speaking of body counts for this, 15 people die in this movie. Yeah. Which which is like a pretty big, that's like a Halloween 2018 body count. You know what my only real complaint about, and this goes for all the Scream sequels. And so like, I'm not seeing that for, but one problem I kind of have with all of them is that something I really like about Scream 1 is that like half the people like live, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's still like a body count of like five or six, I think, in Scream yeah. 1, which is like still like a high body count, like by no means. But I like that part of that movie is also about these guys suck at killing so much mm-hmm. that half the people they tried to kill lived. Like, Yeah, well, and to, to be fair, Wes Craven said he left it open for, um, for Kirby, yeah. the Hayden Panettiere character, to live and come back. I'm just so gonna she take might that. not be dead. I'm gonna just take that as fucking headcanon. Like she's fucking Kirby lived, because like yeah. fuck that shit. Like yeah, <laughs> no, no, sorry, she's I, also the the best character. Yeah, uh, the best new character in my opinion. Kirby rules, and I honestly was worried. Like you're always kind of worried when you're like you get a character like Kirby, because again, like we're talking about this movie was ghost written. Guess what? All the ghost writers are men. Like, yeah. So <laughs> there's always that problem, and you feel like sometimes you get a character like Kirby, and it feels like someone writing the girl they wish they went to high school with you know like yeah. quote unquote cool girl from fucking gone girl <laughs> like, <laughs> um and but like kirby ends up being like a really well-rounded character and mm-hmm. i ended up really I, I like that she just goes to the party it's like i'll drink for the both of us and then she just she does genuinely get drunk at the party like yeah. <laughs> that's just great um so like when she like quote unquote dies like that like it was such a bummer (laughs) so but she's still breathing like we see her eyes moving and she's still breathing um so we don't know for sure but i i'm just gonna say she lived fuck it fuck these people (laughs) yeah yeah 
of all the people, uh, she's like the only like kind of good person in it too, other than like the original cast. Like it's like Karma should have helped Kirby out for a moment. Although there's that great moment later on where one of the dweebs is like, wait, wait, you can't kill me, I'm gay. Oh yeah. Well that's a hell, that's a hell of a line in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, from a certain character. It's very pointed which character says it, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that where, like, again, when I scream one, I think works the best of all the scream movies still. Like, I know people really stand the sequels. I like. I'm not going to go that far. I do like Scream 2. Um, but Scream 2 and 3 don't really benefit from the rewatch angle, in my opinion. Like, where Scream 1, when you watch it, there's so much, like, underlying stuff that you get on a rewatch. And Scream 4 100% delivers on that angle. Like, when you rewatch it and you go, like, when you know who the killers are and then you see how they behave through it, some of it is a little pointed. I want to say, I do wonder if you if you're a first timer watching this if it's really obvious but uh there's certain dialogue that feels like oh it, it makes sense that this character says that or the the flip side it makes sense that ghostface now talks like this <laughs> which is a mistake i feel like a lot of the sequels make where ghostface talks the same i think in like scream 3 as he does in scream 1 and it doesn't take into account like there's a it ghostface is now a different person like he's going to talk differently now Mm-hmm. and uh i worry about scream five just being like oh ghostface is back and it's like well ghostface is that's one thing that's cool about scream is that ghostface doesn't really come back he uh he, it's a different person each time so we get like a different take on the ghostface killer yeah uh and a couple things this one is incredibly brutal again like it, it feels like the most brutal one since the first one yes um the 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 rear window kill i guess we'll call it is particularly rough yeah um i'll say uh the the reaction to stuff like that in the theater was like really like heavy because mm-hmm. it, it's like fucked up um i remember that that specific kill though was like in the trailer which i mean not i, I, I don't really remember i only remember because this was the age where i would just watch trailers on youtube all the time Okay. So, uh, but another thing I want to mention is that like the red herrings, because every scream has red herrings, right? Uh-huh. When I'm when you watch it for the first time, you're like the 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 deputy uh is acting like weird, right? Yeah, the deputy and, is like the good red herring, I think. Um, yeah, and then um I think there's a bunch of them, and and because like when they're when they're like kind of teeing up who the killer is the first time you watch it, they they just play as red herrings, but on rewatch, it's like, oh no, she doesn't like like She's got a chip on her shoulder. She doesn't want to be like forgotten. Yeah. She she wants to be like part of the gang and obviously has the hots for Dewey. But like she's um like there there's like character stuff there. It's not just oh she's acting weird because we need to start like speculation on who Ghostface is. Yeah. Which um, is what like cheap sequels do. Well, I I think I'll just say I think the the one the the ex boyfriend is kind of the the bad red herring but i'm not even sure if bad is the right word like i think we're kind of supposed to think it's not trevor the whole movie you know like mm-hmm. it's too obvious for it to be trevor right yeah like that seems to be the twist but like i think the cops are good red herring and the vlogging kid is like the other good red herring yeah um where uh until you get to his scene where he starts like fucking around with the camera and then he starts to realize oh this guy he's probably once you get to that final house 
you you notice who goes off by themselves and it become you can kind of narrow it down in that moment you know yeah like that which is just you know that's just a very very quote-unquote minor criticism and i'm not even sure if that's like a criticism just like if you can make it to that scene and not know who it is that's still a pretty good job right now your first watch i think you mentioned it already but did you figure out who the killer was you know i i honestly i don't remember but i'm gonna say i didn't okay I'm, i'm just gonna say like i wasn't i didn't think it wasn't in my brain that like the movie could go there. Um, yeah. And, but also I, when I think back to it, like the, I do, you know, I, it's been a decade. I watch movies differently now than I did then. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember watching this being like trying to even figure out who the killer was. Like okay. I didn't even go into the movie being like, all right, I guess I got to figure out who Ghostface is. <laughs> like um, it, instead, like I just kind of watched it and I was like, I remember, I do remember this. I kind of got to the end when the reveal happens. So I guess the answer is, yeah, I, I didn't know who did it. And I was like, oh yeah, there's like a mystery element to these movies. Mm-hmm. Like I got all the way to the end forgetting that. Like, Yeah, I, I definitely had that in my mind uh, trying to figure out who the killer was because again, my friend was like a hyper Scream fan. Mm-hmm. I, I was very caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I totally fell into like, oh, it's fucking Trevor because they're going to redo see. Scream. Dan Doherty does not have the screen film, uh, screen four logged on his letterbox, so he might not have seen it. So Dan Doherty, send us a message if you if you weren't able to predict who the killer was. Yes. <laughs> Good luck. You know, you definitely should put like you might want to put a thing at the start because we we've already started spoiling things. Like that, you should fucking watch screen four. Like, yeah. Don't like this because some I feel like if we're doing like a slasher franchise, it's like you know Halloween five. You don't really need to see Halloween five. You just need to see the last scene in Halloween five. Like that's it. Whereas uh, scream four, it's like, no, you know, all of these are kind of worth watching, which you can't really say about a lot of other slasher franchises. Yeah. You you know, like, like I know we're not crazy about scream three, but I got to give credit to uh, my buddy Cameron Carpenter who really like was unhappy with my take on scream three. So he, he, uh, he really liked it and gave like a, a very hearty defense in our messages about how it's like a movie within a movie, like all these are. And uh, Sydney's life is becoming a film. And, you know, there's there's stuff that you can get out of screen three, even if I still don't like yeah, no, it. There's, I, I'll say it's like all of these movies have a lot to them. Like screen three, it just felt like a little clunky. That's that's really what it comes down to. Also, I didn't give as spirited defense because uh while we were recording, there were guys working on the floor downstairs the whole time, and I kept being distracted by that. Like, <laughs> so, and I had like an awkward interaction with them right before we started recording, and because I'm fucked up, it stuck with me through the whole recording. <laughs> and so, you know, but yeah, like I'm not a giant fan of Screen Three. I don't hate it though. And like I said, like like I can't think of another slash franchise where I'm like, as of right now, like four for four, you know. Like uh, these are all movies worth seeing. It feels I, like I we... would. I would still say Nightmare is my favorite, just because like those first five, at least, they're like tons of fun to watch. Well, but Scream think... Four is right next to it. I would also. I don't think Scream is like my favorite slasher franchise. I'm just saying like, there's no one where I can say all of them are worth watching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas like I could probably say with like Nightmare, I'm like, you don't really need to see some of the Nightmare movies. Like, but most of them are worth watching, and those movies are crazy. So yeah, 
Um, well, it's the thing where it's like, you don't really need to watch Scream 2, but Scream 2, I mean, not Scream 2, Nightmare 2, but Nightmare 2 is also the fascinating, like, gay Nightmare on Elm Street, like, which oh is my just, God. like, 100% like, uh, worth it. <laughs> like, last year, when we thought COVID was going to end, I did that marathon, right? It was tons of fun, because what is June? What is the oh, month of hey. June? <laughs> Pride month, right? And so, like, yeah. the guys come out at the Frida Cinema. Uh, God bless you, Trevor. Love you, man. Um, and they're like, oh, they introduced the movies beforehand. They're like, oh, Scream 2, that's a fun one. Yeah, happy Pride month, everyone. <laughs> like, it's just, it just has that reputation now, and that's why that one's so fascinating, too. And But I think people forget, that one's, like, still really scary. <laughs> It's that's that a, one's got that, some scary shit. In it. It's scary. It's just one of those weird ones where once you've seen all of them, it's weird to go back because it's like the direction the franchise could have gone in. Like, yeah, it's a very different um, uh, nightmare film. You know, uh, you want me to tell a little story about Nightmare on Elm Street too, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go um, for it. I I didn't see any of the sequels for the longest time. I'd only seen there was a time where like I kind of just watched the first of any because I was like. I kind of had the attitude people generally have where it's like, man, sequels suck. Don't watch them. Even though like I had watched a lot by then, I don't know. Sometimes you let peer pressure get to you in your movie opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a fucking California video that was going out of business and uh, Hollywood video, I mean. Um, And I went there and I bought a bunch of movies that they were, they were giving movies away for like a fucking dollar. Like, so I went and I just got a bunch of movies. And one of them I grabbed was Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS. I was like, I'm getting this. I get it. I get home. I, I open the box. It's Nightmare on Elm Street 1 cover. It's Nightmare on Elm Street 2 VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time I had investigated, uh, the place had gone out of business. So it wasn't like I could correct that error. Oh. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm watching Nightmare 2. And then I watched Nightmare 2 and I enjoyed it. So <laughs> All right. There you go um hey what are you gonna do but like that was a weird like man i can't wait to watch nightmare on oh (laughs) (laughs) so uh i think wes craven kind of hated nightmare too uh well they they went without him yeah they They just kept going (laughs) so did they interview him they did that documentary um on the, there's like a five hour nightmare documentary like oh that's fantastic i haven't seen that it's actually pretty good they literally like interviewed everyone i can't remember though if it was before or after wes craven died um let me look it up real quick hold on mm-hmm. on elm street documentary i think it's called never yeah never sleep again um, oh, that's great. I gotta it's, watch that because like it's my four hours long. Oh, uh, like my love for the franchise is just from the films. I uh, haven't gotten into any of that, so that's okay. That's it's from, exciting. It's from 2010, so they they Wes was still alive, so they got him. Nice. Because um, it's not like because there's actually a Halloween. There's a Halloween documentary like Halloween 20 years later, and all the interviews with Carpenter and that are like old interviews. <laughs> like clearly they <laughs> couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. Because that was probably Pete Carpenter being like, I don't want to fucking talk about Halloween ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, you know, fuck this fucking movie's so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't even know. All right, we're still in the opening, by the way. I know, I know, but there's there's so much. Um, hmm. I, I mean, we can just kind of hop around. We can, but I, I want to get the opening because I think. 
the opening is always like the treatise on like what the film is going to be, you know, like, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's not like a deep take. Like that's what most good movies are supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, and not, and I'm not even saying that in the dumb way they tell you, like, you know, like script writing books are like, you know, the audience should know exactly what's going on by like page, whatever in your screenplay. Right. Yeah. But it, it is very specifically like a scream franchise staple that like, yeah. here's the movie we're going to be tackling this <laughs> we've, we've literally we've pulled the rug out from under you twice so like that means we're just going to keep doing that and mm-hmm. then also we get into like uh also the first slashing scene is like seriously brutal like it's it's genuinely like we go from the cynical teenagers the cynical adults in the stab fake stab movies and then we get actually sympathetic young people you we they gave both these people who are on screen for a short period of time actually distinct kind of character vibes which is the one friend who is genuinely scared and the one friend who's trying to act like they aren't scared which says all you need to know about that friendship dynamic in like a minute you know yeah and it's great and it's so it makes it bad when they get murdered like i know i know and you know what i really loved about it this is a rewatch thing i definitely didn't get this on the opening night um in the original screen you know it's Ghostface watching through the windows you never see him right and in this one, what does Ghostface do with the first victim? He throws her through the window. Yep. So it's just continuously like, no, 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 you don't understand. We're not, we're doing the same story, but it's not going to be the same story. Mm-hmm. It is telling you three times over now. No, no, no. You don't know what, uh, how we're going to tell this story. Windows like, are just generally important, like symbolically for, for meta narratives, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, in fucking in the Matrix, it's like, oh, put your hand through the fucking window so you can, so you can ha- explain to Neo that this, this story is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> it just know, doesn't stop. <laughs> um, also, I want to say uh, they get to the misogyny really quickly uh, um, mm-hmm. where uh, the the new ghost face is you're the dumb blonde with the big tits where it's like, she's already putting this girl. And like, you know, the girl kind of gives a, like, I got it. I got a 4.0 grade point average, whatever. And which I don't know what to tell you. There's something about that line where I feel like it, that line should make me groan, you know, Mm -hmm. where like the girl responds that way, but it works fucking so well here. And I'm not even really sure why. Like, I, I think it's just like more truthful here. I don't know. Wes, Wes Craven, God bless his soul. He just had like this, there's such like empathy for his characters. Like, yeah, I, I think you can just tell when people are, are writing fiction versus when they're like really imbuing it with life, mm-hmm. you know? And I want to say this you, you don't need that for your movies, but I think Wes Craven just did it naturally. Wes Craven hits this perfect balance, I think, which is kind of rare in Hollywood, which is massive amount of empathy for his characters, but also like a general underlying contempt for society, (laughs) (laughs) which is like a two, I honestly, I think goes great together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you get like some, you get someone like John Carpenter who is like kind of has contempt for humanity and society. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's, it leads to a different, different vibes like so i'm not trying to say like one or the other is good but i think wes when he uses it right it was like super it was super good um Mm -hmm. but again like i think i i was that was the thing i was kind of on the lookout for because i kind of struggled with that with the other two scream sequels it's definitely there in scream 2 it's less so in scream 3 with the kind of like 
the underlying commentary on misogyny, which I think does a better job than other films that claim to be doing the same, where it's like, we're going to interrogate the inherent fucking misogyny of horror films. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and those, those movies kind of never really work. Or like you get to like, like I like Cabin in the Woods, but I also kind of think the ending of Cabin in the Woods is kind of bad. Oh, okay. You know, like I just, it's a little too like, fuck humanity for my taste you know mm-hmm. like it's a weird combination of fuck humanity fuck people but also like i'm a good person <laughs> <laughs> which is like the, like those are the three elements that like never work together for me mm-hmm. and um i just feel like that would be like the more cynical version of this whereas i don't know the screen films they just balance it out so well and i'm 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 continually impressed um, in a way, it's just, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm just like being a dead horse, but it's like, we're like, you had a movie like Funny Games, you know, which is like Michael Hanek trying to say like all horror films are bad. Yeah. And like that movie's interesting, but it's also like, I, I end up in that situation where I'm like, well, yeah, but like, who is this for? It's for and people then, that don't like horror. And but, I, I don't like that either version the, of that movie. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. That movie, you know who's going to ultimately end up standing by that movie? The whole horror fans. Like, <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's what's weird about it. So it's... But then, like, this movie, it, it feels like they found a perfect way to have their cake and eat it, too. And, like, not a bad way. Like, it's like these movies function so well as slasher films, but they're also really good commentaries on them. And then I think this one is taking it in a direction I think even certain film theorists haven't taken it i feel like we're still kind of stuck in the boring like slashers misogyny like like all this stuff that you know is kind of um perpetuated by book like men women and chainsaws like the carol clover type stuff and a lot of that stuff it's like important and i'm not i'm not i'm not even smart enough to really like give a like treatise on it or against it but there's there's always something about feminist criticism from that era that is like really gender essentialist and i feel like going forward a lot of those theories are kind of struggling to deal with this era we're kind of entering where gender is turning into a much more widely accepted spectrum as opposed to a binary thing and uh that's a challenge right now going forward and we don't really know there's not a like i'm not saying it's not out there i'm just saying it's not mainstream as it is and it feels like scream 4 is at least going in the direction where a lot of popular theorists weren't at the time Mm -hmm. and also in a way that isn't like oh we'll get to it we'll get to it (laughs) (laughs) well there i mean there's just so fucking much like there really is like a lot going on in in this movie and like uh i I, should i mention the cast because the cast is pretty stacked in one second as we're about to get into that but we're about to and i got one last thing to say Okay. where um, I like there's certain movies where they will just the, the film will just straight up tell you how to watch the movie and I don't mean mm-hmm. like subtly I mean like they're talking to the audience that's entirely what this opening is it's telling you how to watch the movie going forward um, but it's also telling you what the movie isn't like stabs six and seven are very much like this is not what a scream movie is this is what a lot of you people think a screen movie is. <laughs> it's not. Which is kind of like the line, 
from the Bob Dylan film Masked and Anonymous, a movie in which Ed Harris appears in minstrel blackface, uh, a movie that ends with Bob Dylan saying something like, sometimes it's not enough to know the meaning of things. Sometimes we have to know what things don't mean as well. Uh, I have no pretty... idea what Masked Anonymous is about, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that, that's kind of a pointed line for the opening of this. It's... I mean, it's not in the opening of this. Here's but, you know. the problem. That's a very pointed line for the opening of this movie and for the opening of Masked and Anonymous, except it comes at the end of Masked and Anonymous. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> and then you've watched Masked and Anonymous, and then you're like, I'm never watching this movie again. <laughs> so should I watch it? um maybe now that you know that line it might help okay um if you want to see bob dylan fail to act (laughs) (laughs) you know like you don't realize how good actors are until you watch a guy fail to answer a phone (laughs) or like (laughs) knock on a door like (laughs) which is a lot of bob dylan in that movie (laughs) (laughs) so oh bob dylan what a guy how is he still alive I have no idea. I thought he was dead for like five years. I know, but he was like also like doing the never ending tour for the longest time (laughs) (laughs) where he just toured and like would be like have like contempt for the audience and not play any of the hits and even the songs he did play, he didn't like play well. So and then people are like, you don't understand, man, that's what Dylan's going for. (laughs) And I say that as like a big Bob Dylan fan. I'm waiting for the fucking the the Bob Dylan version of Get Back to drop one of these days. I still gotta watch that because that'll be me being like sitting there. Although there's like there's so many like Bob Get Back's real good, but like Bob Dylan, like there's just such a wealth of like Bob Dylan has an entire line of CDs that are just his like outtakes. God, that rocks! (laughs) Like and so it's like which I think is fascinating. It's important to know that there's like versions of Bob Dylan songs that like weren't as good, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it it ends up being really fascinating. Um, Oh, Bob Dylan. Like a Rolling Stone, am I right? You know what? They got to do a musical scream at some point. If they're going to continue the franchise, I want to see them go like full theater nerd. And then like they got to kill off a musician in the beginning. Like Bob Dylan. Yeah, just do scream the musical on Broadway. Like, okay. Let's just do yeah. that. And you kill Bob Dylan in the opening. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Easy money for him. What is a rock and roll slasher film that we could like reboot? Uh, my pitch was always Gremlins, uh, rock opera. I mean, that's fun, but I'm talking about like, there's like tons of like slasher rock and roll films. And to me, I think it would be funny if there's like slasher rock and roll or slasher heavy metal where like you bring one of them back and have them like kill all the like popular musicians of today, like as the gag where it's like, nah, man, like reject modernity, embrace tradition. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Um, so let's see what right. else we got going on. Now we can get into the cast. Okay. So we got fucking, obviously, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox are all back. The only also, survivors I want to say, the franchise. I, I looked it up because I mentioned I wasn't, I didn't remember. Courtney Cox and David Arquette had separated before the filming of this, but they hadn't officially divorced until after. Gotcha. And this was like so, a weird era where they were like still friends. And, mm-hmm. um, you don't necessarily get that vibe with the press tour for Scream Five. Um, not oh, to really? Too much, I... uh, um, just what a little bit of what I've seen. I, I only okay. scratch the surface because I don't. I really don't like prying into 
um like celebrity personal lives like that you know yeah yeah i just i i had to look up a little just because i felt it was important for how this movie like i was like is this going to affect the movie in any way and it turns out it didn't really so i think no that's yeah i was positive. gonna say i i give them credit because they still have killer chemistry yeah um they they have a lot of scenes together <laughs> they do and i i think though scream five has embraced that they are like no longer together at least from what i could tell in the trailer maybe i'm wrong yeah i it, it looks like they are separated which I, I, I don't know but yeah yeah again whatever um i i still don't know if i want that movie to exist we will see when we yeah. get to it um but yeah the returning cast members uh minus patrick dempsey oh yeah <laughs> patrick dempsey died this. on the way back to his home planet <laughs> i didn't mention this but um he's also in transformers 3 what is his deal with popping up in like third installments and trilogies and then being completely forgotten yeah well no he dies in transformers 3. Oh, okay he All tries right. to betray humanity to the Decepticons. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> why um, not? Um, I don't know why I remember that. You know what? I have not watched any of those films in like a long time, but like I will occasionally watch the uh, the Red Letter Media video where they watched all three of them at the same time, <laughs> which is kind of fascinating. And that's I, pretty I, amazing. A funny thing in it is, I think Patrick Dempsey shows up in like a scene towards the end of the third one, and all of them are collectively like, "Wait, who's that?" <laughs> So that that's kind of funny. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf kills him. Why not? Yeah, I mean, are we all? Re- <laughs> yeah, I don't no, know, sorry, I don't know how I feel about the Transformers films anymore. Like, I feel like I still hate them, but also like they're probably going to remain interesting artifacts. Uh, that's exactly what they are. And uh, film critic and uh, fellow podcaster Vice Victus has a great read on them. Where like, regardless of whether or not you like the Transformers films you can kind of trace the media reaction to the military through them. And like the way we, we, we treat them after 9-11, where it's like, yeah, the troops are great and awesome in the original trilogy. And now it's like, after four and five, it's like, well, we don't really like you guys anymore. We don't need you anymore because you're immigrants. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. I just find that fascinating because I completely that is, understand yeah. that reading. I also yeah. feel like, like that's interesting, but like, I want to see how I feel about it. Uh, I feel like watching it now would be depressing. Any movie that is like about America, even without without being about America, feels like it would depress me right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to Scream Four, with that, which has nothing to do about America. Uh, the cast, okay. Emma Roberts, who was like right. This is right when like American Horror Story was starting up. I think. Yeah. That show's still fucking going on. I have no idea. All right. What the fuck? Emma Roberts, who is the niece of Julia Roberts. Um, what is her character's name in this movie? Jill, Jill Roberts. Roberts. Um, which, all right, if we're going to talk about, I, I mentioned, I guess I'll just play my hand. This is oh. the actress I feel like isn't a good actress. I don't think okay. Emma Roberts is really good. I haven't really liked her in anything <laughs> mm-hmm. except this. And I think this movie is very deliberately tapping into her energy as like someone who uh kind of like was grandfather boyfriends well that too okay <laughs> that too i i don't even want to like i'd hate to like point this out but there is kind of like that is the moment where she is giving the best performance and it's fucked Sorry. up when you like know about that <laughs> like um but she like she's kind of playing someone who is grandfathered into fame you know mm-hmm. like 
which is yep. exactly who she is in life. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? Fucking, this is going to make me look like the stupidest fucking person on the planet. I never even considered that. I think I only really know it just because I've never really liked Emma Roberts. Like, that's I wouldn't have picked, amazing. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I, you know what? Like, it's also like Emma Roberts gets big with like, that show Unfabulous. Remember Unfabulous from Nickelodeon back in the day? I remember like the poster. Yeah. What was that? I lost you. Sorry. I remember like the posters. Yeah. yeah. Unfabulous was the show where it was like, okay, Unfabulous is coming on. Let's see what's on Cartoon Network. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> it was the change the channel show um and that was like the beginning of me like i'm slowly like not watching nickelodeon and cartoons anymore so like it, it does occupy that place oh she was in aquamarine remember aquamarine the movie the, the mermaid one yeah the vampire i mean not vampire the mermaid <laughs> movie. yeah aquamarine it's about vampires um, uh she's in kind of a it's kind of a funny story a movie i kind of hated <laughs> Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, also, yeah, she's um was uh, so the cops called on her for fucking domestic violence against her boyfriend, um, which is something that happens. There are plenty of cases where women are abusive to their uh, male partners, and uh, I'm not saying it's not talked. It's not like a mainstream talk, but I feel like everyone we know understands that. Yeah, you know? like like normal people who have like empathy and like understand like at least the baseline of yeah. uh, relationships in society that like, can understand that it's. I will say yeah. that you do run into some people. I don't want to call too many people. You run into be people a little too many people who like to have the like all men are garbage angle of their personality, mm-hmm. and they seem to come out swinging for like every woman who's done a bad thing ever. <laughs> like and that's a little like you know there's there are there are plenty of relationships that have been abusive where there was the, the, the female partner, you know? Like, yeah. It's yeah. not, like, it's not that unfortunately that is not a gendered thing. Um, but it's, it's, but like I'm saying, it's kind of nuts that she, that happens after this movie. And this is one of the few movies I can see, which like really kind of taps into the like angle of the, the woman abuser, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that a, a women abuser, a lot of the times, they also kind of have internalized misogyny. Like, so mm-hmm. it's still ultimately the fucking patriarchy's fault. But um, yeah, it's 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 kind of fascinating. Also, uh, did you know that Emma Roberts, the movie she met Evan Peters on was a movie called Adult World, which was filmed in my hometown ah. and is called Adult World because there is a place in uh, Syracuse on Erie Boulevard called Adult World which is a porno theater <laughs> and small, hmm. sex, small sex shop and it still exists oh so you know they're, uh, they're locals they're local heroes yeah you know what I kind of hate that that movie exists because that's honestly a great title and great setup for your fucking Syracuse set movie <laughs> but that movie kind of <laughs> is kind of bad so oh sorry um, hey uh, yeah I just it's that like again we're talking about a movie being ahead of its time it's also like ahead of its time in terms of like an actual crime <laughs> like which fucking the first screen was too i talk about how that predicted columbine like i'm genuinely frightened what the new screen is gonna do hey no like, like none of it look 
no one no one competent is involved in that one so hey 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 yeah there's very many talented people yeah there's a lot you know what i like those directors but i'm just saying it's those aren't guys i didn't watch uh fucking ready or not going like man this is this feels like it's predicting something (laughs) no no yeah that's true that's true Uh, but hey maybe it'll make sense in hindsight when... No, no, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not someone that's like, oh, these movies are predicting the future. Like, I don't think that. I think they're just, they tap into something in, in the, the culture and zeitgeist yeah, yeah. where they're, no, no, they, they're able to call things. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not like that episode of Community when everyone thinks Abed can predict like their futures <laughs> and he's just like insightful to their personalities, you know? <laughs> like, that's not me. Um, all right, moving on to the list of the, the cast members. Uh, Hayden Panettiere is Kirby Reed. We already talked about her, but she's, this is like, she's well, fantastic. Well, we should talk about Hayden Pan- Panettiere like, in terms of her career. No, no, I, um, I, I'm definitely going to because yeah. she's, she's great. Um, she has since taken some time off uh, to, to be a mother. And I, I, I believe, um, like, I, I don't want to get too much into the personal life as well, but like basically taking time off for, for herself. And yeah, yeah. The, well, the, she, the industry she, is rough and all that shit. She has been very open that she was kind of in like a, a, an abusive relationship um, and that she also suffered from like intense postpartum depression, which can be really intense to the point where I think she said she like had to check into a, a facility for help at a certain mm-hmm. point, um, which, you know, like, like that's like that's all like a bummer, but like good for her checking herself in, you know, like that, that honestly, it takes strength to do something like that, especially yeah. in Hollywood where like they'll just kind of. And it takes strength to be like, you know what I need to do right now at like the peak of my fame is step away. And uh, there's a lot of people who couldn't or wouldn't be even be able to do that, you know? Yeah. And I, I hope that wherever she is, she's happy. I would, Hayden Panettiere, please come back to us though, please. Like if you're ever up to it, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be, like, I, nice. I didn't know any of that before the announcement of Scream 5. So my initial reaction was like, well, they got to bring Kirby back. Like, y- you got to. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, she's a fan favorite character now, for sure. Like, she's up yeah. there with, like, Randy in terms of fan favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Which means um, you kill her in the next one, not the first one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you keep her around longer than Randy because uh, Jamie Kennedy sucks. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Hey. <laughs> um, I Play that clip credit, from uh, The Mask. Son of Mask, where he sings. No, I, I'm not playing that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> this is the part where you boogie. <laughs> no, no, no. Google it if you're curious. I'm not adding that shit. But I will you say, see, do, kids, do you want to see the moment that ISIS formed? No. Watch, uh, Son of the Mask, and then you're gonna be like, okay, there are no redeeming qualities to American culture. <laughs> no, ISIS is like we have to stop this. Yeah, it's like you know, turns out ISIS was fighting for good cause. Sorry. No, they aren't, but hey. This would be incredibly fucked up. But like one of those like beheading videos. They're oh God. Subtitle and be like, this is if you don't stop making sequels to the mask. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to destroy all copies of Son of Mask. Like. <laughs> or this will happen to the rest of America. That's the worst joke I've ever made. On that here. is the worst. That's the joke I should be making. <laughs> I'm so sorry if that was insensitive. Um, Have you ever watched one of the ISIS videos? No! Videos? Whoa! I was just checking. I was just checking. No, like, no. I know people uh, who have. Like, I look, I go looking for grim shit. I've never watched one of them either. Like, No, no. I, I've uh, I've never had a stomach for grim shit in real life. Like, yeah. real life blood, 
I do not handle well. <laughs> I, I, like, it's I, that bad. I'll be honest. I'm like the type of idiot where like I do kind of go looking for it. And then the moment I find it, I'm like, I wish I hadn't watched that. Like, no, no. Like some people are like so desensitized to that stuff. They'll be like, oh, I saw this video here of the skateboarder like eating it. You want to see it? And I'll be like, no, does he die? Like, I don't want to see that shit. And then they show me and then that person clearly doesn't get back up. And I was like, why the <laughs> fuck did you show me that? Like that, like it, it ruins like my day to that point. Like, I don't like like that's a real well yeah there's that thing of like you know i mean i have this with movies sometimes too where someone gets hit on the head and i'm like if you get hit on the head like that hard you're gonna have problems for life like you get your skull caved in yeah like it's you know it's that classic thing of like you know batman might not kill people but like he ruins lives by beating people up like like that's one of my favorite subset of like those those batman memes it's like Batman sees someone jaywalking and there's someone beating the shit out of like someone like fiction, like it's a TikTok video. Yeah. And they'll be like, you're next. <laughs> you know? uh, this is like right after <laughs> Heroes ends, right? Heroes goes on for another year. No, you know what? Holy shit. Yeah, it, it ended, ended and then it this, came back. Before this. It came back at a certain With, point. Without Hayden Panitz here. I believe yeah, which they is probably why killed the, her off. Did they kill her off? I think so. I didn't see it, but I, I, I never I did. watched Heroes was one of those things where like I watched the first season and was like super into it and like bought it on DVD and like just kept watching it. And then like season two was a mess and I, I like barely made it through it. And then like I, I made it like two episodes in the season three and I was like, I'm done with this. I think I've talked about it before, but season three was like coming off the writer's strike that killed season two. Mm-hmm. Um, not that season two would have been a home run or anything like that, but like that one definitely had struggles outside of its creative team right and mm-hmm. season three they hired different writers for each episode and so like that's why you feel like that season never really starts until like the midway point yeah and by then it's like too little too late because like every writer was like okay so we should start in this direction and one's like well we should start this direction and you can just feel that in that yeah. season it's like it's it's awful unfortunately you remember they announced like because again the writer's strike fucked everything up they did that big announcement where it's like we're doing uh uh, heroes spinoffs gonna be called like heroes origins and we're gonna get different people to tell like anthology hero stories and like they brought fucking kevin smith out at comic-con as like the guy who was gonna do the first one and it was like people like went ape shit and then it just never materialized yeah and like you know that's not a bad idea bringing like a bunch of different people to tell well, talk like, about like stories just, like that just talk about a miscalculation that were like the first season of heroes was like it got like such a big response and it's probably like the first sign. That's like 2006. That's like the first sign that superheroes are going to be massive in the pop culture. Like, because like heroes had nothing really behind it. And then it just got big on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, that people were like, all right, we can already start like franchising this thing. Like we're going to do spinoffs. We're going to do games. We're going to do that. And then like it just dies like almost as fast as it started, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's um, th- this is related to Scream because like Scream never got the big franchise spinoff stuff like at its peak in the 90s 2000 like it got like like it was it was massive obviously right yeah but um something like heroes like it 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 springboarded in like the way that lost i think springboarded to like popularity and i I think heroes had more potential for immediate franchising i guess Mm -hmm. uh and it is just kind of funny that yeah it, it just it went away and even the reboot was like oh yeah that did happen didn't it 
Well, Scream has quietly been like a, a pretty solid franchise. Like even with this one kind of not doing very well, it they did do two seasons of a TV show, which we won't be covering. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it is big. I, I'm not. I don't want to downplay that. I mean, it kind of has it's... a Hannibal arc, you know, like mm-hmm. where there's like there's like a good handful of movies and then like a TV series. Um, so it's interesting. Do we, do we, have, do we have any more? Or um, well, she was also not only was Scream. I mean, uh, Heroes a big part of my uh, my life at the time. She was also the voice of fucking Kyrie in uh, Kingdom Hearts. Wow, that's right. And oh my uh, god, she is no longer the voice of Kyrie. Mm. Um, and I can't remember. Did they? I don't think they. I think she. She might just be fully like I'm not doing anything anymore. Like. Because I believe everyone else is still the same. Yeah, like oh, Riku maybe is still the same, and Haley Joel Osment is still Sora. So, oh, that's great! I actually didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, it's a little weird. I gotta be honest. Like, I, I kind of wonder. Like, maybe you should recast him because how old is Haley Joel Osment now? Haley's like thirty three, and <laughs> Sora still kind of talks like a teenager. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a little weird hearing a thirty three year old's voice doing Sora. Um, but hey. A lot, a lot of problems with those games. No, they're actually perfect. Another problem. Hey, Dan Doherty, you coward. You fucking tapped out, like, barely getting into Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> oh, what? Dan, why? He's like, back in the day, like, he posted that he had bought the complete collection for Kingdom Hearts, like, because it was on sale. And it was like, I'm like, do you have any idea what you're getting into? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I think he made it, like, a little bit into one. And it was like, clearly I don't. <laughs> and then tapped out. <laughs> no the first one's the best here's probably. the thing yeah the first one's really good like the first one's genuinely good but i will say that like i don't think he got past i, I don't even think he made it to like traverse town this is really no! like that's like when it really takes off it's a little slow at the start but it takes off after that you don't need to play the sequels though like no kingdom hearts 2 rocks now kingdom hearts 2 is kind of a mess <sighs> it's it's i'm sorry not to <laughs> I, I i don't want to uh be a dick about it but um and yet here we are Kingdom Hearts 2 has like the worst pacing of any video game I've ever played it's a little wonky and but it rocks I and I feel like there's a very obvious setup for the plot in that one <laughs> that they just didn't do and I want to go and like just punch someone at Square Enix no, for not doing it no like, I, I need to I need to play more of three I only played like the first hour now here's the thing here's the fucking thing the first Kingdom Hearts game is really good because it's you're going to the Disney worlds and you're either it's either events before or like during the movies right Mm -hmm. and a lot of what's happening is like the events of the stories are getting kind of fucked up because you're interfering with them you know Mm -hmm. like the second one is literally you just going like well let's go to this planet well there's heartless here let's take care of it all right bye and then the events of the movie just play out unchanged you know Mm-hmm. like nothing really in, and you have no bearing on any of it. you're just kind of showing up and watching the movies play out and then occasionally fighting through enemies well it's because you're saving it's, the universe yeah but you're not really like and it's and then it the fucking way that game is structured is then you get to that midway point and then it's like all right now you have to go to every world again <laughs> yeah well, you don't like, you do that in the first one too um you don't have to do it in the first one Okay. You can go through it with only stopping once, but like you, to get like bonuses and stuff, you have to stop. I think at least twice. Okay, um, okay. But the second one is entirely built to like basically just double the length, and it's just the. I feel like, and this, here's, I'm glad everyone's getting my Kingdom Hearts hot take. 
in the middle of all of this. I know. Um, uh, the first game is like, you know, like you get those, you get summons. Remember you get summons in Kingdom yeah, Hearts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can just summon uh, Disney characters. And they say to you very specifically that these summons are characters that survive their worlds being destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like pretty dark and grim. <laughs> but you get like Simba and shit. And then you go to the Pride Lands in Kingdom Hearts 2. The plot of Kingdom Hearts 2 should have been like, okay, we've, we've, we stopped the threat of the Heartless. We've restored the worlds, but now we have to return these characters to their worlds, you know? Like, and that could have been a good plot to kind of get you back into it, right? And you could mm-hmm. have hit basically all the same worlds because one of the summons was Mushu, so you could go to fucking Mulan world. One of the you team up with Beast at a certain point, even though you're not on like you're not in Beast. Hollow world. Bastion is yeah, that no, the one? That's where you meet Beast, but he's not from Hollow Bastion. That's right. Um, that's right. He's from like you know generic French castle land. No, um, it's that's what the plot of Kingdom Hearts Two should have been is about okay. restoring okay. the worlds. And then and then you go like oh and then organization organization thirteen is here and they're actually the real bads, and then maybe you could explain what the fuck organization thirteen was a little better. <laughs> yes. Also, um, as a kid, I also I played Kingdom Hearts two, having not played Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep, which was the Game Boy Advance exclusive. I also did not play it before that. Yeah. Which until like recently, it like cost a lot of money to buy it on Game Boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think now with the multiple re-releases, it's back to being like $15 to buy it used. <laughs> so that's a win for me. <laughs> but um, so there is my Kingdom Hearts hot take. And then uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, I got burned out like halfway through and never finished it. Oh, Okay. And I burned out at the exact place I always kind of burn out, which I, I burned out in two, which is Pirates of the Caribbean World, which I do not oh. find a ton of, which I don't really like. Um, I feel like there's nothing worse than watching someone doing a Johnny Depp impression. <laughs> uh, doesn't he voice him in, in Kingdom Hearts 2? No. It's, no. It's, it's, if it is, he's fucking phoning that shit in. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, phoning but, but it was, in. That was before he was phoning it in. <laughs> no, 2011. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. No, I'm, t- I'm looking at the Scream 4 date again. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know why? Because Pirates of the Caribbean 4 came out this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, you Ouch. know what? He, he's still okay in Pirates 4. Like, that movie's bad, but he's okay in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That movie's pretty bad. <laughs> Oh no! It was Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories. I got I got the names confused for a second. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because the anime nerds are probably in the comments. Yes. Then there's <laughs> Re-Chain of Memories. Then there's Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5. There should be a Kingdom Hearts, but for slashers instead of Disney movies. How do you do a plot like Kingdom Hearts though, other than being bad at writing? Like, <laughs> well, it's it's such a big hit because it was like fan fiction, the video game. It, it, it kind of is. It is. But like, here's the thing. There are well-written fan fictions. No, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's not me uh, disrespecting and, fan fiction. I don't know. But like, I'm, I get what you're saying. We're like, but like, they're, they're dense and it, it, they all expect you to understand a certain level of world building that isn't clearly explained in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like that totally makes sense for Kingdom Hearts. But like, those a lot of those games really frustrate me because I can feel like if you did one or two changes, you could make them a lot more palatable to general audiences. 
and uh, they just don't do it for some reason. But that's been a lot of Square Enix stuff. Like that's been the complaint about the last two, like Final Fantasy games. Mm. Yeah, I, I missed the uh, I missed the recent ones. Yeah, well, you 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 don't need to play them ever. <laughs> you know, it's like one through twelve. That's about those are the good Final Fantasy games. Well, I, I still need to play Resident Evil Eight. I made a promise that I oh, would yeah. stream my playthrough of Resident Evil Eight because I oh, love yeah. Resident Evil Seven so much. So I finally got a new setup, so it'll happen. Resident, yeah, I'm, I'm still working on my setup, so uh, yeah, I won't get to that. Although, fucking, all oh, my shit's all fucked up. I'm, I'm building my <laughs> ultimate game room though, so okay, okay, uh, that's been my project for the pandemic, and I basically like started it over twice at this point. <laughs> well, um, uh, Twitch streaming with Ghostface, <laughs> what's your favorite survival horror? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly name exactly the, name oh then what you do is you go like name the protagonist of final fantasy 3 and then it's like no that was six and it was released as three in america like <laughs> well okay let, let me fucking uh, weave weave ghost face <laughs> yeah. that's what they what should do you know there I, should be like, there should be the anime slasher I think so because like you really, really sold me on like the idea of Scream Three being like fuck it, just add like uh, James Bond Pop. And so like, what if Scream just keeps like running into other franchises? You know, because like like uh, remember the Twenty One Jump Street films? They were gonna do like Men in Black Jump Street. Oh yeah, right. And it's like, well, that's like if you already like parodied sequels, then you got to parody like other franchises that and shared universes. To me, that made sense for that it, franchise. It did honestly and, and make just sense. Never did it. They, right? they would have needed to bring uh, Lord and Miller back on. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. But like, you can like do that. That's not like a bad idea. And I think that's like, like another version of Scream had it continued immediately after three. I think that's what you do, you know? Yeah. You probably just don't bring Sydney back because I don't even know what you would do with her in those <laughs> well, I mean, instances. again, to talk about the stab, like they talk about how like they lost the, like Sydney Prescott threatened to sue at a certain point, mm-hmm. which is funny. Um, but, uh, it's it, it it feels like a lot of like the stab the, the glimpses we get of like stab four five six and seven are all kind of commentaries on like here's what the here's what scream could have turned into had they just turned it into a sequel mill you know yeah kind of like i know what you did last summer which uh is still getting sequels to this day for some fucking odd reason like and i think they all uh, know, like, is direct, it? they get Hang like on. direct to dvd releases every few years does it really hang on? Because I think there's only three. I thought they got to four. No, they're they got to I I'll always know what you did last summer. They got no fourth one. Have you ever seen I'll oh, always a, know what you did last summer? Um, no, I haven't, but I, they did a TV series. Okay. That's oh yeah, that, that also just got canceled. Um hey, good for them. It yeah, apparently it was really bad. <laughs> Uh, there's no way it's worse than I'll always know what you did last summer, though. Okay, that is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, uh-huh. like it's it is unbelievable how bad that movie is. You, you will not believe it when you see it. It is it is not well, worth I, watching. I, think... I want to reiterate that it is not worth watching. It is just shocking. It's like wow, we can like fuck up humanity with this. Um... This, this will like destroy someone's life. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna watch that because I, I don't think I, I don't even think I've seen I still know what you did last summer. 
Hey, if you um, like the first one, check it out. But if I did you don't, not like don't. the first one. So ah, then don't do it. <laughs> you know, what I like, yeah. and I'm the type of idiot who will like hunt down like like bad horror movies and bad sequels. I just there's I for some reason I have no interest in doing. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, that third one is like just wow. But that's um, it, it. Sounds fascinating that there is something that bad out there. Yeah, no, it's it's really like it's not funny bad. It's not interesting bad. It is just some. I'm pretty sure. Laundering scheme. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, all right. Something else I want to talk about, though. We're talking about like the relationship between real life and fiction, like we always do is scream. And there's more cast members. I'll get to them. Yeah. But I need to bring up the town that dreaded sundown. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I recently watched both those films. I'm a fan of both. Mm. Uh, for those that don't know, the town that dreaded sundown is based or loosely based on the 1946 Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Yeah. Uh, crimes attributed to an unidentified serial killer known as the Phantom Killer. Yeah, a guy who was never captured. Um, mm-hmm. And um, also, like, super underrated movie, in my opinion. I like, really like both. Yeah, now, yeah, they're both, they're both really fascinating. Uh, um, the first one's kind of got, like, this docu-style thing well, to here's it. The- and then- you can go to your take, but I just want to get this out as quickly as mm-hmm. I can. But Charles B. Pierce, who did Town of Dreaded Sundown, also did The Legend of Boggy Creek, which is like the best like Bigfoot movie ever made, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, which also has a documentary kind of style. And like he's a pioneer in the like found footage genre almost like with his weird like documentary style that he gave to these movies. So like I just I find both as fascinating, but so check both those movies out. So get, get to what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I would recommend them. Um, the first one, like I said, docu style, and then the 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 remake slash sequel is also like it totally has like a scream for thing going for it. It's totally yeah. like a Kevin Williamson's Town That Dreaded Sundown. Now both of those films, based on the real murders, also screen in the town that they uh, that they filmed in and they Holy take shit. place in. Yeah, um, um, and it's apparently kind of like some people love it, some people hate it. Yeah, yeah, right. Because these are real murders that happened. Now it's almost a hundred years ago at this point, but it's still like a very real trauma that it's tapping into. Yeah. And before I knew this several years ago, when I saw Scream Four, that was the one part that kind of bugged me. I was like, "That seems a little like mean spirit." I don't think people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people would be that tasteless about showing the stab marathons in the very mm-hmm. town that. The murders were based on that made the films you know like I, that, that seems in bad taste mm-hmm. it clearly is but it also <laughs> happens anyways yeah so like do you remember do i know do you remember that there was like a window there was like a brief moment where fucking once upon a time in hollywood was going to come out on the anniversary of uh the manson murders Did do you remember i thought they moved it did it ultimately end up coming out <laughs> I think it did. Like, hang on, let me check. I'm not going to fucking bullshit this, but yeah, that's a weird like thing that kind of hangs over this yeah. movie too. It's Scream 4, I mean. But um, I also, I said, holy shit, when you were talking because of what you said, but also I was looking up the Town of the Dreaded Sunday remake, which is produced by Kevin Williamson's evil doppelganger, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which I just, I was shocked by. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I don't know when the Manson murders were. I'm looking, um, but I'm I'm uh, I'm a little slow on the trigger here. Oh, let me check. August eighth to 9th, nineteen sixty nine. Let's Once work. It's complicated. Hollywood came out August 
Oh no, July 26, 2019. See, yeah, they like bumped it up. Like it was gonna yeah. come out in August initially. And which well, I'm not even sure it's... if that was like if they were trying to really do that. I think they kind of calculated that once upon a time in Hollywood would maybe be a good August release, but mm-hmm. um hey, whatever. That, that yeah, was it was weird. a hit, but uh, you know, it's it's less weird than the card counter coming out in the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Oh yeah. That's uh that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to a guy recently who fucking hated the card counter. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like an ugly looking film. Um, well, they also, I I guess um I did not pay attention to any trailers or anything. Um, I guess they thought it was gonna be about gambling <laughs> and um oh. <laughs> it's about a lot of things. Mm-hmm whoops that was a movie i went into that completely blind so that was a trip okay i saw the trailer it does make it look like it's going to be more about gambling okay that that can happen Um, yeah yeah Uh, i love i I love that you think you think abu grave doesn't really appeal to the general public (laughs) sorry (laughs) well okay so let's talk about um videotape streaming new media that's another aspect of this film right I mean, like uh, Gail Weathers, when she teams up with like the, the pervy teens. Yeah. Um, you know, she literally says like old media teaming up with new media. And like, it, that's, that's, I mean, one of the elements of this movie that I really like is that when the characters like get together and like start going on the mystery journey together, the Scooby gang back in action kind of way, like it really is kind of exciting. Like the character dynamics are really fun in this. Yeah, you know? the, the dynamics are all still really good. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of this one of things where it's like we've been under we just undervalued Nev Campbell for all this time, you know. I fucking like, she's so good in these, man. It's, I'm glad she gets to cash the checks from them, but like I wish she kind of had been bigger and like done more, you know. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah, she's great. That's how. And hey, look, David Arquette, who is like this is like the middle of kind of him like going off the rails a little bit. Like he's good in this. Like yeah he gives a good and he, he, you feel like a natural evolution has kind of happened to Dewey. Like it doesn't. He, it's not like him showing up, he's back at his, you know, he's back in a police uniform, but he's now the sheriff and he, he feels a lot more mature than he was. And like when he stumbles, it makes sense, like as opposed to uh, him being like still an incompetent cop or something like that. Yeah, um, I, that's actually one of the things I, I had noted down too. like, it's very rare that you get to see like characters grow over a franchise like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it feels very fulfilling to see his growth in particular like uh, it's very very rare that like a bumbling kind of dorky character gets to come into their own and like you really believe it you know yeah um and like it's he, always more fun for the audience too like yeah yeah it is but like he's he's got like this element where now that he's in charge and he's he's got to live up to like the weight of the expectations he can't just like work with gail on the mysteries you know like he could but like yeah. he, he feels like that would be um disrespecting his new position so to speak and and like the the dynamics there are really great and um we haven't talked about uh his deputy uh the, the one who's like we clearly, talked about like, her for a minute yeah um, judy hicks played by marley shelton i think she's she's tons of fun and um yeah stay away from dewey though <laughs> i got yeah i got a little nervous with this character because she is kind of like the like a competing like woman you know like mm-hmm. i was a little worried that like she would be a problem. And yeah. I'm not going to say she was like greatly written, but it didn't go in directions that I, I got a little worried it might go. No, well, um, in, in the opening scenes, I feel like they kind of found the character maybe in the edit 
of this one. Yeah. You know? Like maybe it wasn't great on the page, but like they, they pulled it together by the end of the film. Cause like, I, I didn't like her in the beginning of the film. I still, I think her first scene in particular is like very like temptress. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's not like a great role for a woman to have on a film. Um, unless you got some real meat on those bones in the screenplay. And I feel like the, they found the footing with the character later. It feels like they got her to kind of be like the, the shadow of Emma Roberts a little bit. Cause like mm-hmm. they're both two characters that like, they'd be like, man, I wish I could just be a part of this story. And uh, Judy becomes a part of it by like being a hero by the end, you know, mm-hmm. like she comes and helps and uh, Emma Roberts gets fucking her brain fried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so i feel like there's a little bit going that's one uh, uh, judy is gonna be a character i want to pay attention to on rewatch a little bit um because I, I was kind of constantly like worried about how they were going to handle her um you know i had totally forgotten it was allison brie as a sydney's publicist yeah and she's kind of like the um or at least in in terms of reboot stuff she kind of seems like the the new Gail in a, a way. A little bit, yeah. Like kind of cutthroat. And I think she even says like she looked up to her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alison Brie's great. Uh, another actress that kind of feels like they haven't gotten where you'd expect them to be at this point. And she's in the middle of community during this. Well, here's um, something weird. You can say that about Alison Brie, but she has had, she's, she was on Mad Men. She was on Community. She did BoJack Horseman. She did Glow, which was a pretty good show. Like, she's, she's had more, like, good TV series than a lot of other people. She's been, like, okay. great in TV. Um, okay, okay. Maybe I'm not but, giving her the credit she deserves then. Yeah, she has struggled to, like, make the leap to film in, like, a big way. Um, like, there's been a few... V- like, she's Princess Unikitty in the Lego movies. Oh, yeah. Which is fun. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. But, uh... She was like she was she she did Horse Girl that was like her big vehicle like recently, um, which is like a kind of half baked movie. It's interesting but like doesn't totally work. Yeah, have you um, seen uh, the Rental? You know what I have not. Okay, um, it was directed by her now husband Dave Franco, oh, okay. uh, co-written with uh, Joe Swanberg, who's kind of like the mumblecore darling of the two thousands. Oh yeah um it's it's just it's a good movie i, I it's just all i'm a not movie. a fan of that it. joe swanberg honestly oh okay yeah. well I, no one's asking no <laughs> like no, right, I, just... uh, the rent the rental is solid i don't know if you'd like it now that you said that but, that's the um, that's the other part thing, though, is that she's also like in the franco sphere so that, that's a yeah little, like, yeah james james franco kind of hangs over now Oops. yeah which uh, uh is unfortunate oh yeah she was in promising young woman i I had forgotten that can't imagine why um (laughs) sorry oh she's in the fucking post i forgot that too oh Um, shit oh so we could talk about her again yeah i'm looking forward to that Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. oh she was in happiest season is that movie good no but i liked it (laughs) oh well no that's the thing it's like i'm not asking it to be like a great movie but i'm like is it good for what it's going for we could do better, but I don't think you'll hate it. Here's the thing: I like the cast is kind of like unstoppable. Yeah, that right? cast is incredible. Kirsten That's Stewart, why you watch Mackenzie that movie. Davis, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, fucking Victor mm-hmm. Garber, Mary Steenburgen. Like, I feel like that's got to at least be something. Yeah, yeah, there, there's something there. So maybe that's a it. maybe that's a next Christmas um, movie. 
Yeah, yeah. Although it is weird that that was a movie you released in 2020, and it's like a couple that like doesn't want to reveal they're gay. That's the central premise of that, right? Yeah. Like that's it's kind of nuts that that happened in 2020. Yeah, like they're still doing that. Like, <laughs> is it a period piece? Like maybe nope. that would justify it. No. Nope. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I don't know. That's uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's less the movie's fault. It's more culture's fault. Maybe, like society, you know, I guess. maybe it'll age better now that like all of the fucking social wins that happened under Obama are like rolling back slowly. Oh, like, maybe even we'll be like, hey, this is still relevant, unfortunately. <laughs> um, well, here, uh, some more of the casts. Uh, I'm sure we've gotten off track of a couple other things already. Yeah, but, sorry um, about that. That's what the show does, though. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Uh, Adam Brody and Anthony Anderson as two deputies on uh, Dewey's Sherry Department. I wonder if some of their stuff got cut. They feel like they're not in this as much as they should be. Um, yeah, I'm curious about that, too. I remember that actually being kind of uh, upsetting when I saw it on theater because I like Anthony Anderson. Yeah, and yeah, me too. Um, I'd be like, I'd like to see him in other movies. And it was like, it was awesome when he popped up in the fucking Departed. <laughs> yeah, he's really good in that. Gets shot in the face in the Departed, spoilers. And uh, gets yeah. a knife <laughs> in his skull in this. Yeah, which, do you know the history behind that scene? Um. I don't know the history, like the, behind the making of it. I was just going to say that like there are recorded instances of people getting stabbed or like hit in the head like that and like that happening. Like, That's exactly what inspired that scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which Wes is... Craven said he saw that and, and that wasn't in the script. He was like, oh, let's fucking do that. Mm-hmm. And then I guess he jokingly was like, I hope I don't get fucking fired tomorrow because this is like insane. It is insane. <laughs> it and is. I feel like... like it happens and that's so cool. I mean, it's I not cool like that it happens. Audiences but, yeah. wouldn't go along with it, but there are fucking, you can read about people who got like, there, I think there's a famous guy who like had like a railroad bolt go like directly through the middle of his head and he lived. And like he lived the rest of his life with like both the hemispheres of his brain like technically separated. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I remember stuff like that too. And I swear to God, I saw this story. It was like a dual story, like back to back. And I, I swear to God, I must have been like in middle school when I saw this on on national television, where like someone, like two people, had like piercings through their skull, mm. like one down the middle and then one through the sides of their skull, and they lived. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like the human body is a miracle. It, it kind of <laughs> what it is. It's a miracle and a fucking nightmare. Like <laughs> yes, it's, yeah. it's both of those things simultaneously, which is the entire human experience. So <laughs> it's a benefit of getting to know yourself. Yeah. And it's also why mecha anime is fucking awesome. Because all of those <laughs> giant robot anime is always about the relationship between the mind and body, which is two, which are two elements we always try to separate but are like inherently connected um anyway that's why that scene rules <laughs> yeah uh, that's like my favorite kill in the movie i kind of wish the movie was insane enough to be like also anthony anderson lived <laughs> like <laughs> i kind of wish that had happened oh that would be great Because also something that happens i don't know if this can happen through that kind of injury but there are people that are born with the hemispheres of their brain not connected and they can function perfectly well in life but a weird thing they can do is that they can do two tasks simultaneously like better than anyone else like wow. they can literally like they can write with both hands at the same time i need Completely to talk to into- a surgeon what was that i need to talk to a surgeon get my my the hemispheres of my brain separated well I, guess what it's not like an exact science <laughs> so no no, like- no i i believe in it now 
Be like, like Doc, I, could just fucking split them open. I think I remember this could just be something like I watched on YouTube and ended up being revealed as like fake later. But I think I remember a guy who could like turn his both his eyes in separate directions and like read two different things at once. Hmm. And it was like kind of nuts. Um, but like it's an incredibly rare thing to happen. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, brain, brain is fascinating. It's also terrifying because like if certain parts don't develop, then like, oh, you're a serial killer now. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> that frontal lobe didn't develop correctly. Guess what? You're not gonna be able to make human connections and now you're gonna want to murder people. Like <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's uh, scary what the human brain can do. Yep. I think I told you that when yep. I when I revealed I knew too much about serial killers on the Hannibal episode, where like the first tests they did of psychopaths when the guy turned in his research, it got rejected because they were like, "There's no way any of this came from human beings." <laughs> like, no human beings respond this way, and it's like, well, but turns out we found out a class of human beings that. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Other cast members want to run down a little bit. Yes. Rory Culkin. Uh, yeah, who's one of the 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 nerd vlogger dudes? And yes, from Science, uh, the brother of the Culkins. You know, this is Culkin. You fucking know. Um, this character is weird, but weird in the right ways, I guess, mm-hmm. as we will discover eventually. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how, how much more you want to get into him now. No, no, I think we're at the point where we're spoiling things. So, okay, yeah, like, like he's one of the ghost faces in this. He's one of the ghost faces, and he's actually a really well written character from that angle. Of like the misogynistic nerd, you know, like Mm -hmm. the just the which again, Scream Two kind of taps into that. I talked about uh, women invading male spaces feeling threatening. Like I talked about that, but that movie doesn't go far enough with it, in my opinion. This Mm -hmm. one, I feel like, kind of corrects that a little bit and like goes full on with it. Where I mean, he he calls her. I think he calls uh, Hayden Panettiere a stupid bitch at the end. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like oh, you, reject- I- you didn't notice yeah. me for all of high school, and now you notice me. Like, it's too late, and it's like that's like that weird angle again, where like guys who maybe you know are awkward can't get dates for whatever reason. It turns into like a resentment of like all women, where it's like if they've been with other guys, they're like used women, which is like so fucking weird. Like, yeah, like you know, you see that fucking that barstool sports type shit, where it's like you know. Well, a key can unlock any door, but uh, a lock that can be opened by any key isn't as like you're referring to like women as like inanimate objects yeah. like you've lost, like you're not worth talking to. It's like it's so crazy. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's unfortunate. Like I said, I've gotten like 10 years removed from high school. I saw the different directions people I knew went in, and the ones that did become misogynist, it's kind of fucking weird. Like mm-hmm. just like genuinely hating women. And it's not even that casual stuff of like. You know, like women are bad drivers, like that bullshit. It's like, no, mm-hmm. these dudes like hate women. And I will like, say, rewatching this again too. There's like elements of that again with the Judy Hicks yeah. deputy character. I'm like, oh no. And then like uh, Kirby, like kind of being like a, a road rager. I was like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> oh no. Did I miss something on my last watches? And uh, no, Kirby's still the best. She ends up being the like horror nerd girl, which what I like is that like it's kind of a late reveal that she's like really into it, you know? Yeah, like she and, has a life outside of it. And it's like, hey, yeah. maybe that's a healthy way to live. Well, it's it's also like, <laughs> oh, she can be a party girl and also like horror movies, you know? Like she mm-hmm. doesn't need to be like quiet nerd girl to be a horror fan either. And yeah, I think that's know, that Nat- thing. I think that's why like men had like certain segments of the male population had such a negative reaction 
when like nerd culture kind of went mainstream and like you know it turns out like you know women who also have like developed personalities outside of their nerd shit are also into it because you're there's kind of that if you're a nerd you kind of go like oh it's not like i can be doing more about other angles of my life <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's kind of a wake-up moment and i think some guys don't want to confront that totally um they want to admit that the reason why they are where they're at sometimes is not because they're nerds you know <laughs> like yeah yeah because uh, it's, it's the the cinema club angle of this is just is fascinating in general um but yeah like once he's revealed as the killer like and he calls her like a stupid bitch and it's that weird thing of like she had like kissed him just before that and it made him angrier which is true it's like misogynists like they hate women because they want them so much but if they ever really got what they wanted they would still be super unhappy because misogyny is like a much deeper thing mm-hmm. you know uh, I, I wanted to, to say to kirby as well like there's all these new like trends like with TikTok and uh, Vine, which I want to go back to as well with the streaming stuff. Like where it taps into like like a- anyone can use these tools. Like they're not yeah. like bar like with YouTube, you really have to have like high quality like equipment. Like people say you don't have to, but you do have to now. Before yeah. you did not have to. Now it's really like well, you need production values because it's like a new angle of television, basically, or whatever. But with a direct like access to people's like obsession with film. Like there are TikToks for, for like film fans that are like, have you heard of this underrated film from like 2003? It's called Big Fish. And it's like, that's ridiculous. But if like teenagers are posting that, it's because they genuinely love it, right? They're genuinely yeah. like fascinated by it. And so we might kind of like roll our eyes at like everyone's heard of Big Fish, but these people are just discovering it for the first time. Well, now we're finally getting to that point where it's like, I feel like even though the Simpsons is like a little before our generation, it was still part of our generation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that hasn't carried over to Gen Z a little bit. I don't think the Simpsons, even though like we grew up in like the quote unquote bad years of the Simpsons, like we, the, the good episodes were still on TV all the time. And now yeah, I don't yeah. think Gen Z really recognizes that like, Hey, you know, like all of the humor the internet is based on, you could probably trace that back to the Simpsons. <laughs> like, and that it was like this important and like, that's, it's weird. It's just, it's part of us getting older, frankly. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Is it, but it is interesting watching like, and Hey, I hope TikTok, I, I wish I could like hack the TikTok algorithm to be like, Hey kids, like Manhunter. Like, and then I just make <laughs> Manhunter popular among Gen Zers, you know? Yeah, I know. Like, I've kind of like avoided TikTok, but I'm kind of like maybe I, I don't know. I just like recommending it's, movies to people. Maybe I should do that at some point. It's not my thing. It's 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 one of those things where it's just like I am older than this stuff. Like, and I'm not even trying to say that as like a single thing. It's like this should this should just be a area of the youth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I've thought about it, but I I don't think that that's something I'm into, you know? Yeah. But like it, I have like the fact that I've thought about it just is like it's exciting to get involved in that. And, you know, this film has another character played by Eric Nudson, uh, Charlie, the other ghost face dude, his best friend named uh, Robbie Mercer. Yeah. Who's, this, a who's like streaming. Yeah. And it's like, that is something people do. People just vlog their whole lives. Basically. Yeah. And I'll and give that us, this is, feels like it has a better grasp on that attitude than a lot of other films. Like I always think of like the really tired joke where like, something's happening in a movie and then suddenly all the millennials like pull out their cell phone and they're like live streaming it. Right. Mm-hmm. like which is it, it like kind of doesn't get live streaming culture when you do the joke like that you know 
Yeah. Whereas this yeah. guy, it's like, this dude is literally filming everything he does. It's just like the stuff that goes viral is like someone who was doing that and just one day happened to film something interesting. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. I always am worried. I'm just worried like when you revisit something like this where I'm like, is this going to hold up? And I'm shocked that it kind of held up in a way um, where it's like, A, there's still some relevance to it, but B, also works as like a product of its time in a way that old flip phones work for like the original screens you know like older cell phones yeah um i also want to shout out eric nudson because you know what else this guy was in um you're gonna tell me saw two. Oh yeah yeah he's the fucking kid right yeah and um, uh one of my problematic saves from back in the day the cbs series jericho i know i never saw jericho Jericho uh, clearly never had the budget for what it wanted to do. It's a post-apocalyptic drama set in middle America. So there's a lot of don't tread on me shit in there, you know? Oh, no. Um, but, like, it had a lot of fucking heart. Skeet Ulrich is in it, and he's great in it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating series to look at, like, what, like, Primetime wanted to do what eventually Cable would, like, nail. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, he, he was in that for, I think, the entire run of the show. But uh, yeah, he, he's like another dude I like, I've really liked watching pop up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Less so now. I think he's got like a boyish charm to him. And as you get older, that fades, I guess. Yeah, that's, a, that's life, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, let's see who else. Oh, we should also talk about uh, uh, Sydney's aunt. Oh, yes. Um, Kate Roberts, who... We don't get a ton of look into her life, but all we do is very strange. Yes. And I want to say I like that, that that stuff is there because it kind of is like, it has a bit of a no wonder Emma Roberts ended up the way she did vibe. Like, yeah. These movies, honestly, they kind of tap into the like, the relationship with your mother thing that kind of is a real element of like actual murderers. Now, I'm not saying everyone that if you have a bad relationship with your mother, you're going to end up being a violent criminal. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> true at all. But I'm saying how you maybe deal with your negative relationship with your mother will affect your life going forward. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it's interesting that, that that's a recurring thing in, in a lot of the Scream films um, is mothers, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, something that isn't really tapped into in other slasher or even movies about true crime. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, one thing I really loved, and like I think it's like the aunt's first scene uh, after oh, yeah. they find out the the murders are starting again. Sydney's over there, and then uh, Kirby's like, "Man, I bet you, like she's so pretty, but I bet you can like like what's it like to live with all those scars?" And then the aunt's like, "You know, I got a lot of scars too." And then Jill's like, it's "Talking about the stab like from the knives," and she's like, "Oh like, yeah, yeah," and it's like, <laughs> "What is is that about?" But hey, imagine growing up under the roof of someone like that, you know. Like mm-hmm. that's gonna give you a warped perspective on things. <laughs> yep. And it's yep. like one moment, and it's like they didn't really need it. Like you could this movie could work without that mother really even being a character, but they they took the time to be like, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. And it's very brief and it's very effective. And that is another scene that builds character, but also works as a red herring. Yeah. And this film keeps doing stuff like that. And that's why I think it's like easily the best of the sequels on par with the first for me i I totally loved it as much as the original scream the original scream might just be top dog because like how do you build yeah that's the problem it's like it's that's a perfect movie but this is easily a a second like yeah this one Um, for me anyway 
Yeah, and it's just there's constantly like this great build of character with the red herrings. Uh, the the way it predicts. I mean, like the way Jill talks about like her motivation. Like at the time, I was kind of like, this is a little goofy, but like screams kind of a comedy, so whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, this is scary. Where Sydney's like, how could you do this to all your friends? And she's like, I don't need friends. I need fans. Yeah, and people do crazy shit on the internet now to like kind of get attention it's the weird like moth of like i mean it's the weird uh, moth of the flame of like fame you know which uh-huh. i think is one of the most detrimental things in our society is like the ideas of fame and celebrity like mm-hmm. and I mean, unfortunately like, like i can actually bring this back to when we we're talking about tiktok i think people like will weaponize this genuine problem to just kind of hate on things women do sometimes you know, because like women tend to be in the like lifestyle blogging, at least they get promoted as such online. I don't want to like essentialize it too much. Um, but it's like, no, this is a this is like a capitalist flaw. Like celebrity wouldn't exist as much in like a non-capitalist society. Like, yeah. And it's I, I wish people could understand like, no, like fame is the issue. It's not like these because like you see people kind of shit on TikTokers who are like doing things because they yeah, they want to go viral, they want to be successful, but it's like there's a whole lot of other factors that are driving it that are bad Mm -hmm. and like this is just that taken to the logical extreme you know of like i mean the end of the movie is the news talking about how heroic jill was Mm -hmm. as the sole survivor yeah which is like it's like a perfectly ironic ending to the franchise in my opinion Mm -hmm. to the franchise i mean again not no no shit talking the new one i'm just saying that's why i'm so hesitant yeah the new one could be good here's the thing the new one could be good but if even if it's if it's not or like if it's just okay like i could totally just be like yep the scream four like that's it that was the franchise yeah (laughs) and i'll be as so much is ignored but that was established in scream three that it feels like you could almost just do scream one two and four like I'm not going to go that far because I do like Scream 3, but like if I had to be like, what's the trilogy here? It would be Scream 1, 2, and 4. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? We were kind of talking shit. Like, do you really need Scream 3? I think for plot, you don't. But I think like the interest of theme, I, I would still include Scream 3 because yeah, like, it's about the movie making themselves. There is definitely that, but I think uh, Scream 4 does a lot of that stuff better, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> With, like, the live streaming stuff. It takes it to, like, the, the next version of yeah, that. Yeah, and by yeah. the end, they're literally talking about how they're going to edit the footage and all that shit, you know? like Yeah, it's, yeah. It's straight up making movies. And, I mean, in this movie, we, we don't even have to talk about it that much, but there's the rear window murder, which we really like. That's a really good sequence. Yeah, uh, oh, that that, poor, that one fucking still like hits really hard though because like poor the girl aftermath gets is fucking butchered. Yeah, um, the aftermath is like really just un unnerving. Yeah, and uh, what was I going to say? Um, that I mean, it's inv- it's directly invoking Rear Window, which is like a movie about watching movies. Like that was Hitchcock's whole fucking thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and that's why everyone <laughs> likes that shit. Like film nerds, especially, it's like all voyeurism and shit like that. um and it's just that's but that's like this whole movie i mean this whole movie does the gag of like people watching a movie while we're watching a movie while they're watching a movie while we're watching a movie like there's so many layers to it that it might have just been like scatterbrained writing that just like accidentally forms something interesting but it doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. uh it's because either way you get i think there's a lot to all of this 
and then they're watching a movie, watching the movie about watching yeah. the movie. Some I mean, it's funny that in the morning, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, also like in the rear window scene, what are they watching? Shaun of the Dead, another like self-referential like zombie movie. Mm. And I mean, that might have just been there probably because Wes Craven was a fan. <laughs> yeah, a but, lot of the older horror dudes really liked Shaun of yeah. the Dead. And I, I like Shaun of the Dead. It's not, well, because Edgar yeah. Wright, like now everyone hates Edgar Wright, but like he was one of the guys, the first guys to be like, we don't give the horror guys enough credit. Like mm-hmm. he was out there kind of singing the praises of like Carpenter, Craven, John Landis. Um, <laughs> but uh, like it, there was there was kind of a lot of that at the time. And uh, yeah, I think it makes sense that he kind of, he, he would like the movie, but again, another meta movie in a very meta film, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, like, I think Shaun of the Dead was also the thing of like, you hear the title, you're like, okay, zombie parody film. And then you watch it and then you're like, wait, is that actually like a good movie that is saying things? Yeah, I mean, that was like, the that's the thing that made everyone love Edgar Wright. It's like, oh, he loves these things. That was Edgar Wright's hat trick for a while is that like it, on the surface, it's like, okay, he's doing a parody of the genre. And then you watch it and you're like, no, wait, he's actually doing more with that. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess people don't, I guess now that they're not comedies, people are, are like, these movies aren't about anything interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Baby Driver is one of the most canceled movies ever, but like, I don't know, there's still like good, like technical qualities in there. Baby Driver's a good movie. I don't, I don't yeah. get, people are fucking say it's not or insane. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a good movie. Like, that's not even like, uh, I'm not, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you watch Baby Driver and like, don't at least think it's a well-made movie yeah like there's stuff in it that like i have issues with but it's none of it is enough to sink that fucking movie <laughs> yeah like uh, i don't know so like i'm looking forward to watching soho eventually I, yeah, like, I maybe that's the it. one that's like dog shit but like i i it, it might be not. bad i haven't you know i will i'll say this like people i know in my personal life who aren't on film twitter seem to like it and i trust their movie opinions so i don't know like mm-hmm. uh but it might suck I still yeah, see yeah. Nightmare Alley either, which is the other one people are like fucking dogging on. I know, um, I know. Well, he just won an Oscar, so that's why people are going to yeah. come from. Well, yeah, like I said, like I, I, I played the point about it. You're right. Where everyone was like, "We got to support Baby Driver because it's going to bomb," and then it made like 200 million, and people are like, "Edgar Wright sucks." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, that's a little like transparent. And hey, you know what? You might have legit reasons for not liking Baby Driver. I don't understand you, but fine. Like, yeah. Like maybe you met Ansel Elgort in person. I get yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, man, maybe you uh, dated Ansel Elgort. Like, yeah, I can understand if you're not. No, no, baby not guy, even but... dated. Just met him. <laughs> yeah. Like, or we're uh, in the vicinity of fucking Kevin Spacey for like five seconds. Like, oh god, <laughs> waited on him at a restaurant. And he was really obnoxious. But uh, yeah, like those reasons, I get. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. But um, hey. Yeah. Scream four. I don't. I. I we could honestly keep talking about it for a while, but I don't know if we should. Yeah, there's, I, I wrote a lot down. I'm, let me go through my notes real quick to see if there's stuff I really want to talk about. Yeah, because I talked uh, about most of what I want to talk about already, basically. Um, there's Edmund Roberts has a line where she's like, it's the killer's voice, you know, from Stab. I mean, your life. <laughs> Which is a, I really like that line. Yeah. Um, Allison Brie gets thrown off a, a parking garage. Uh, my sister made the good point. Um, I think Allison Brie screams. I think she's still alive when she gets thrown off the parking garage. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, 
my sister was like, how do they know that was a murder? It could have just been a suicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, guess. fine. <laughs> like, that's okay, like I, I guess, but I, I guess given the, everyone knows the situation happening, you know, mm-hmm. that they're like, okay, this is clearly like a murder. <laughs> so, oh, I want to say that uh, Jill gets like very pointedly injured um, in the one scene when they go after the rear window murder, like Jill gets slashed on the arm, which is a callback to the first one where they injure themselves, but also her kind of being like inserting herself as the protagonist, you know? Yeah. Again, this is like she's like dark Ray Skywalker. Like <laughs> she's like the evil version of Ray Skywalker. Yeah, um, a little bit. This is this is why um my reading of the ending of Rise of Skywalker is that Ray has been fucking uh taken over by Palpatine and it's actually a dark ending. <laughs> and she will not well, use my, the Do you remember name. my dark ending? What was yours? I can't remember. It's that she's now trapped in the cycle of uh of the trilogies she's trapped in 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 the star wars story what she wanted to be a part of she's now like stuck in purgatory forever yeah that's a that's another fine reading i just took it more literal i just took it more more literal just to um, keep palpatine around i guess but (laughs) please no more palpatine's behind it all You know if, what though? Hey, if, I just if I see Palpatine in another movie, I'm walking out. <laughs> I just I figured out what to do though now with Star uh-huh. Wars. I figured it uh, out. Bring Emma Robertson. Well, no, but uh my, my old thing is that I feel like they wanted to turn it into the Skywalker saga and now they've shot themselves in the foot, so they have to make it about Ray. Or my other point was that they could have made a, another trilogy about Kylo Ren because his arc is very much not complete <laughs> by the end of uh rise of skywalker um he did die on a planet that was actually a giant laboratory that was just making snoke clones and uh and brought palpatine back hey maybe some automated system brings kylo ren back and now he's like a split personality like there's an evil kylo and a good kylo oh that'd be you know that's kind of interesting yeah and so you have to have kylo ren like it's literally you just you bring the fight that happens in the dega before us but make it like literal where kylo is literally fighting someone in the costume of kylo ren you know yeah make make that shit very literal so uh disney give me a call before you <laughs> fuck up with whatever the fuck you're gonna do next they're focusing on the tv shows right now hey you know what is, Dude, that's yeah. fine do that yeah i've heard book about that's actually good and so i know what, what is that um i mean hey rodriguez it's rodriguez I guess that. we'll talk about that eventually then. Yeah, you know, I guess we have to watch it now because we haven't really done any. Like, May the 4th, we'll do a Star Wars thing. Yeah, we'll um, catch up on Boba Fett for that. So yeah, we gotta, I gotta in. watch that. I gotta finally finish Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah. Which hey, is there's like good a shit fine, in there. A fine show, but I also, like, I feel like every time I watch an episode that nothing has happened. Like, <laughs> Well, like, the, the solo adventures are why that show's fine. It's whenever they tie into, like, an overarching story yeah. where I'm just like, eh. Unless like it's don't. about like the conflict of the Mandalorian culture, that's when it gets really interesting. I and just think just the Mandalorian nailed that isn't defined enough for me as a character. Like no, I, I, little, I agree with that. I need a little more to him if you're gonna do the episode by episode stories. Yeah, uh, no, no, I completely agree with that. Like, I, I mean, I've I've talked about it a bunch in the Mandalorian show itself already. Go listen to the the recaps I did with Gene and a bunch of other wonderful guest stars. Um, because I, I I vent my frustrations and I guess I who really wasn't invited. Out, well, you weren't watching it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You could you could recap your stuff and we do Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Um, um but Sc- Scream Four is is better than all of this. 
So it again, this all this is just weird where it's like Scream 5 on the horizon and it's totally coming in the wave of reboots. It's you can dr- trace it back to Halloween, but you can also trace Halloween back to Force Awakens. So it's mm-hmm. so weird when it's like this is a movie that predicted Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the promotional run of Halloween 2018, David Gordon Green was talking about the process with just uh, the writing and the producing side of it with Jason Blum, where they're like, we can approach this like two different ways, uh, a darker capacity, or we could Force Awakens it and kind of re-outline the original film and then do something different with it to lead into a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And they chose the Force Awakens route. And I still think that worked really, really well for the first one. Here's the thing. Force Awakens works. Like, I know, like, everyone's kind of, like, lukewarm on it now because of, like, all the other fucking bullshit, which I totally get. But it it works as a structure. Like, it makes sense that it became the copied thing. It works a lot better than the, like, let's just remake it route, you know? Yeah. And- um, like, when when you have, like, normal people who weren't into Star Wars before loving Force Awakens and getting excited about these yeah. new stories with these new characters, that's how you know it worked. At least yeah. on a general consensus scale. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's high art, but I'm just going to say it's functioning. I, I and, would I would argue, that's how much I like Force Awakens still. I would argue that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's just, I, you know, it's uh, the problem with it, I think, that has been exposed is that if you do a soft reboot like that, uh, it really matters what the sequel is. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, that's been kind of the uh, problem going forward. I mean, yeah, also, and you, like, you have to, fucking you have to Creed come... might be like, the, is, you could make an argument that Creed is the best Rocky movie. Like, I could, I I could see people making that <laughs> argument. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's a total, like, Force Awakens, like, generation reboot thing, you know? Yeah. Like, and, like, you mentioned, like, the, the sequels have to, like, like, you have to be really careful about what you do there. You also have to commit to your story, yeah. which I will give credit to Kevin Williamson, among many other things we've given him credit for, because he's constantly asked about, like, oh, is Randy going to be in the next one? And he made a statement. Uh, I, I have it in my notes. It's not verbatim, but he was saying that, like, I would love to bring Randy back because he loves that character. But, like, that would be a lie. That would be yeah. false to the to the narrative of the stories. And, like, he's not going to do that. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a that's not like a, a high bar to cross for storytelling. But it seems like one now with franchises. And he got it like over a decade ago. So shout out to Kevin Williamson, who's apparently a very nice man. I've heard he's, he's quite kind. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Wes Craven. Um, I, well, I've by heard all he, accounts, he was a people, sweetheart. People seem to adore Wes Craven. Like, yeah. The people that worked with him were always like, I loved working with Wes. Like, mm-hmm. so God bless you, Wes. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know how uh, everyone says films are uh, lesser without him. You know how, how when a comedian dies, some idiot is always like, You're up there making God laugh right now. Like, <laughs> what if all the horror guys are going to heaven and like just scaring the fucking shit out of God? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And God's like, Please stop, yeah. please stop. <laughs> what, what he's also like up there being like, Holy fucking shit, like, I what, like. <laughs> What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> just... They're like fucking David and Alien Covenant. Oh. Yeah. How to oh. go there. Why, man? Because it's good. This is better good. than all that shit. Uh, four, I, I fucking... like Scream 4 better than the, the Alien prequels. Scream 4 could fucking just dunk on Alien Covenant Prometheus all fucking day long. I don't know about that, but I do fucking like it more. all goddamn day. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, see, I'm, and there I'm here's the other my... fucking problem. Here's the fucking problem now, because like we're, because right I'm now Prometheus and Covenant are only defended by weirdos like Diego. So like it's all it's all a bubble that just exists on film Twitter. But now they're gonna do that stupid alien TV show that's gonna be about nothing. And because it's about nothing, people are gonna be like, actually Prometheus, and then I'm just gonna have to just kill everyone <laughs> and and i don't want to do it <laughs> i'm bringing it up <laughs> anyways i'm going to my grave saying that scream 4 is the best sequel and probably a masterpiece um it's a great film it would be cool if, watch the new, it. if the new one was good or better you know like i don't think yeah, it that, will that be, would be great that would be fantastic you know i really did like ready or not a lot um yeah i did too yeah I, Which I, makes me feel like I'm just yeah. gonna get like a decent slasher film and not like a great movie. But yeah. I mean, if that's the case, I'm like, okay, um, that's not the worst thing that could happen. Oh, we should. A uh, few other things to talk about is just uh, I like this Stabathon sequence, which is deliberately a bigger version of the party scene from Scream One. Like they even mm-hmm. say it later. But also the <laughs> roles are reversed with Dewey and Gale. Like yes. Gale gets injured and Dewey comes to save the day. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a lot of that where it's like, oh, well, the reboots, you got to show like more grisly side of it. Like it, it kind of takes a thing from the sequels version of Scream, Scream 2, where it's like you, you have to do it bigger and uglier, mm-hmm. you know? And this one, you know, like we just talked about Alison Brie getting thrown off the fucking roof of the hospital. I got some pretty gnarly death. Yeah. That's pretty, I mean, that, that character is a little shit. Um, but like, good lord. Also, she That's... admitted she didn't read the books, which is also kind of a sign of like, hey, you kind of made your own grave. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so like that, that's one of those things in the film where it's like, okay, you think this character is going to be the new version of this? Actually, she's dead now. And um, the, the fucking kid, Robbie, with the, the video cam, like, okay, this is the new Randy and he's dead now. <laughs> and Oh, and there's and... The, the other line. Um... Uh, Rory Culkin's character says the only way you can survive in a modern horror film is to be gay, um, <laughs> which is a hell of a line. And also like a weird like, you know, if you talk to maybe some of your relatives, you don't you try to talk to as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And they go like, I don't understand why this bad movie that I liked got bad reviews. I bet you if they had put a gay person in it, Hollywood would have loved it, <laughs> which is a take I hear often lately. Oh, and I'm also like, what fucking world do you live in where like gay equals big box office? Like, yeah, ugh. it's like, yeah, I uh, bet you if the character that... had been transgender, it would have been they would have liked it. And it's oh, like, no. it's like, that's what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, also, that line, um, doesn't work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing is that I think the big thing that Kevin Williamson like tr- keeps trying to underline is that like. The tropes don't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he made a, four movies about that, and people yeah. are still like, "We got to play by the rules." And like, like every time, people are trying to like solve this narratively, and it turns out like you can't really do that. Like, which seems to be a nice little fun game. I mean, the, the cops start talking about cop cliches like just before they're murdered. Yeah, <laughs> which like, is maybe why I'm glad that they don't have more screen time. Like, I I, I love them. I would have yeah, like now anything more, with cops now, now it's like, like Dewey. It's like at least it looks like Dewey may be retired in the new one. So yeah, yeah, uh, that'll be uh, unless he's retired because he like committed police brutality, and the movie's going to be about like what a shame <laughs> no. it is his life is now ruined. Like Dewey f- fucking shot a kid. Yeah, it's going to be like fucking Die Hard, where he has to learn to murder again. 
Like, oh my god, no, that would I would be so torn because I love Dewey. Dewey's like he's he's my favorite oaf in cinema. <laughs> but like, if he gets like the hero shot, like a uh, fucking Sergeant Al Powell on Die Hard, I'll be like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> I don't want him to die or anything, but like that would be weird. Uh, and yeah, Dewey dies on film. I die in real life is what I've been saying, which probably means it's gonna happen. But who knows? Um, I don't know. I kind of talked about everything I want to talk about at this point. Yeah, I think I, I like Emma Roberts' villain speech. Um, we did not talk about Trevor at all. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's why. The kind of like obvious red herring. Like, I, I'll be honest, that guy's, it's a fun performance for like a weirdly written character. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets shot in the fucking head. Yeah, uh, after getting shot in the dick. Which yeah. It's oh, even weirder yeah. that it's Emma Roberts doing it. Again, that's that is such a weird scene of like kind of confronting the weird, like there is, you know, there's a weird type of, it's, 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 I'm going to call it misogyny. Um, even though it's it, it's like you'll be like well it's directed at men and it's like yeah but if you if you like start digging deeper into it there's like misogyny is kind of at the core of like how do i hurt this man by making him more like a woman you know mm-hmm. like that's ultimately kind of misogynistic <laughs> like it's it's a fascinating little thing to see in this movie and i feel like yeah it's something we i don't see too often of just the uh the, the the woman abuser you um, want to know something else that's made this age even like in a more fast capacity, that specific dynamic between Jill and Trevor, um, the, the actor who plays Trevor, uh, their name is Nico Tortorella. They mm-hmm. come out as uh, gender fluid. They use they, them oh. pronouns. And, um, and so that's like kind of like almost like a white feminist villain now, uh, the Jill character. Hey, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, well, yeah. it's the weird, it's the thing like um, Rory Culkin is like very like incel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emma Roberts is very like a thing that like I feel like we're only just talking about, but it's been around is like the new like kind of fem cell movement, which is like the 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 woman side of like uh, in cell groups, which do exist. It's it's been out there. I feel like it's only starting to get noticed more. And again, like a lot of at the core of that is like kind of the weird like uh, turf uh, beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah, look up Last Jedi on YouTube. You'll find a couple of them, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, because you know it's fucking true. <laughs> I, you know, I don't go looking that shit up, so I honestly didn't. Like, okay. it, it makes 100% sense that it does exist now that you say it, but I, like, yeah. I, for some reason, I wasn't, like, thinking about it. So. Um, but uh, uh, Nico Tortorella, they were also in Kevin Williams following for the first season, and I've forgotten that, but I remember. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. Uh, they play a character named Jacob Wells, who uh, is also in a weird serial killer relationship, and yada yada. That show was was fun for a little bit. I'll I'll, I'll give it some love for that. Maybe I'll check it out when he says I never really did. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it holds up. Okay, it was fun to watch. But well, like... this is all of this has given me a new appreciation for uh, for um, Kevin Williamson, honestly. Like, I'm not going to say, like, he's a super genius, but, like, I'm at least interested in his writing, you know? Yeah, he, he he's a fun writer. There you go. He, he's fun. He knows how to craft something genuinely entertaining. And like I've said before, he pitched uh, the following as, like, a fun B-tree, not something that's high art, not something that's 
too thought provoking, but like sometimes that's just all you fucking need. You know, you don't need to change the world with your writing all the time. Although I would argue that Scream, Scream basically changed horror. Yeah. You know, so it changed. It, it, I would, it's a thing of like, not only did it change horror, I think it changed cinema a lot. I think it's really important. Um, and it's, it's nuts that the sequels, that when you have a movie that is like so perfect, um, it's nuts that like the whole franchise is kind of solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only other example of that is The Matrix. Like, yeah how does that happen like that's kind of crazy um which again watching this it was like there's a lot of stuff in this where i'm like wow that's in matrix 4 it was just like (laughs) kind of blew my mind like so there's a double feature idea i know and now i'm like you know they sometimes do those like directors on directors commentaries or discussions Mm -hmm. wes craven talking to lana wachowski in some alternate universe I think would be such a fascinating insight. And the Wachowskis do, do not like uh, like doing the publicity run stuff, but like if I could get uh, her and Wes Craven in a room together, that would I think that would have been so fascinating. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you wish. Like like there's no heaven because Earth is terrible, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you want there to be an afterlife, and like part of it is like you just want to be able to see like oh what like you get to meet all the people that were like your heroes even though that's like that always like disproves the idea of heaven because like there's always that don't meet your heroes thing mm-hmm. like it would be like oh, i'd love to see these people who would never have met like in conversation you want like heaven to just be that for at least a little bit i guess <laughs> but heaven's bullshit because like it's just like oh heaven's heaven because you're now in the presence of god which is like the best thing you can have happen it's like fuck that <laughs> The best thing that can happen is like to see like a great movie by yourself. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that either. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just fucking around at this point. Yeah. No, no. There, there's good stuff in the world. Like watching heaven, the screen just, movies. Doesn't heaven not make any sense? Because it's like your idea of heaven is like probably someone else's hell. You know, like yeah, yeah. That's maybe. why there, there's it, there's no there's no possibility. But again, like they do that fucking. Actually, it's just the presence of God bullshit. You know, you don't. You're not supposed to have a body in heaven. Did you know that? Really? No. Yeah, like that's the thing they, of the they, Bible. They skipped over that in uh, on Sunday school. Yeah, you're just ethereal spirits. But like certain people are afforded bodies, like fucking Mary. Like, oh, all right. Oh, oh yeah, because he just floats up there, right? Yeah, I gave birth to what's his fuck. Like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the the first son of god yeah yeah the second one was of course uh michael keaton <laughs> I, I just stole that say, joke from pretty much it <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say like kanye or something for some reason no <laughs> no that's um kanye is a fallen angel now we all know this you know he kind of does have a fallen angel vibe yeah he's definitely he started as neo and has become agent smith yeah you know what that, Remember but like the say, new Agent Smith. Remember Matrix 2, uh, Persephone says Neo was a lot like the Merovingian when he was younger. So there's <laughs> that angle as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, because Kanye's, uh, his first couple albums up until like 2016, that's definitely Neo what and happened Matrix then? and Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> he died in a plane crash and came back as, as uh, yay. And now he's in his... Uh, merovingian agent smith era you know what's weird is how you know like you know the popular conspiracy that like a lot of actors have been like replaced by like robot clones Mm -hmm. you know that's like a very popular one like 
a big cornerstone of that was um fucking uh dave Chappelle for the longest time thank god like why dave Chappelle disappeared and now he's like totally been embraced by the right because of all this recent bullshit and now that's all gone away God what bless a fucking America. world yeah um <laughs> i got nothing for that scream for go watch it scram <laughs> scrim scrim uh matt thanks for joining me on this retrospective what are we doing next um i don't fucking know actually yeah uh oh wait i forgot i have one thing i wrote at the bottom of my notes that i should say okay um i wrote better than gone girl <laughs> you know what yes yep i still like gone girl a lot though better than gone i love girl, though. I, I love gone girl i i like scream four more so there you go okay take that Shit, David Fincher. Fincher. I know. <laughs> thanks for alien three your best film yeah that's matt <laughs> where can the people find you well what are we gonna do next you gotta think of something I, yeah because i guess sorry we're not gonna watch scream five in theaters um yeah like that's got delayed and then like we have well, no no sh- it didn't get delayed it's just like COVID. well no i mean our show got delayed because of all the shit same with yeah. spider-man um mm-hmm. we don't know when we're doing that uh, well it, here's the thing spider-man comes to vod on i thought i was gonna pull it up faster i think it's february 12th okay so i guess then <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't expect the yawn right there. Yeah, um, it shows you how excited I am. Fucking no. Um, February twelfth is that the fucking it? What the fuck? Yeah, I I don't know. I I heard February, but I I can't find anything on it now. So who knows? Who knows? Um, there might be another movie we talk about with No Way Home if No Way Home is not that good. I'm gonna talk about it regardless. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I will report. It's it's Eternals. We're also gonna talk about Eternals because Matt has been bugging me literally every week about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, we might not get another episode because if Diego doesn't like Eternals, there's gonna be a murder. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I really don't mean to put like I, you know what, like whatever. I just if you don't like it, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> like, okay. Right. Then I'm gonna be like Diego's been replaced by a fucking robot clone. <laughs> okay and i'm not even yeah, saying yeah. like it's gonna be like it's not a mind-blowing film i just think it's up your alley okay so, uh yeah and but I, does I, it have toby mcguire in it no okay um no it doesn't no all right um uh, okay. oh you know what you know what else we're, we're doing next we have to do our failed oscar runs yes and I was going to say, like, do you want to just go into that next, I guess? Yeah, fuck it. All right. We should probably come up with an we outline make a list. of movies. Yeah. Um, how many <laughs> do we have for failed blockbuster? Like, we did like 10. Okay. Um, let's we can probably that... do less, though, because the Oscars are coming up sooner. Yeah, let's whittle that down to like maybe eight or six, somewhere in between. Yeah. And then we each pick half. Okay. So um do you have any ideas already oh yeah i got all one. right yeah uh, we have to come up with a good definition of it though too so like we'll, we'll, i guess we'll work on that once we finish recording yeah that's fucking prestige drama bullshit mm-hmm. the, the murky lighting and the, the very serious british people sure <laughs> yeah that's what it all comes down to 
like the, the fucking right wing shit where people are like blaming like LGBT people for like bad movies. Oh, That's yeah. me, but with British people. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're joining my cause of being against the British Empire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the British. And that was Scream 4, everyone. <laughs> yeah, which has no British people, and that's why it's so good. What if uh, what if Ghostface started talking and, like, it was that voice, but you can very clearly tell they have, like, a Yorkshire accent, like, and then there's just the one character from Yorkshire, and it's like, who could the killer be? <laughs> Oi, Sydney. Oi, Sydney. <laughs> Oi, I wonder who the this. killer is. <laughs> Bacon and beans. Butter biscuits. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you before we I'm spiral any further? one at twitter.com. You can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Where I, I, there's still nothing there. Sorry, <laughs> but you can subscribe to the Patreon and help us pay for the SoundClouds and the the audio versions of this. Um, there will be writing coming your way soon. That is a promise because I've actually been finally writing a lot of my ideas about stuff like, like the Spider-Man suit, which sucks. And then I'm um, gonna start writing. You know what really grinds my gears? And I'm just gonna go off on like paper clips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. Uh, go, go watch your favorite scary movie. Yeah.